the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, her next uh, album should be a direct ripoff of Steve Martin called Let's Get Small. Because she really got small now. I don't know if you've heard about this, Ari, but the, uh, the Speaker of the House has disinvited the President to come to the chambers on the, I think, the 29th and give the uh, the uh, State of the Union address, saying, and let me just look here, let me get to, according to various news reports, Pelosi has disinvited the president for making the annual State of the Union address with just days left until uh, he was supposed to deliver the widely viewed speech on January 29th. Uh, political reporting that uh, Pelosi said she feared Trump will use the nationally televised address to blame Democrats for the ongoing partial shutdown of the government. Now, that's what her, what their uh, folks are telling them. What is Pelosi saying? Well, Pelosi's saying uh, other things are at play here. In fact, let's hear what Pelosi cites is the, the reason for why, okay, we don't have this yet. We'll get we'll get to it in just a second. Uh, fearing Trump will uh, use this as a, a means of beating up the Democrats, uh, Pelosi asked President Donald Trump to reschedule the State of the Union address or deliver it in writing as long as the government remains shut down. Pelosi's uh, pretext is quote security concerns, but even the far left. Politico is forced to admit that that's not Pelosi's real worry. Said Politico privately, Democrats also don't want to give Trump a major platform to blame them for the shutdown when Trump's demand for billions in wall funding has been the the main driver, according to uh, Democratic lawmakers close to leadership. Uh, What's more in... NBC News is reporting that the speech has not merely been postponed, but that Trump has been straight up disinvited from making uh, the address. Uh, let's hear what the Speaker of the House had to say. And security about all of the resources that are needed uh, to, uh, to prepare for a State of the Union address, which he calls what a special, an event of special security. Uh, and, and so these people are not working. And we've never really had a uh, State of the Union when government has been in a shutdown since the Budget Act in the 70s. So this is, this is respectfully and sadly Proudly, I invited him to come. It was privileged to invite him to come. Uh, the government to shut down. The people who are, that we would have the president of the United States, the vice president of the United States, the entire Congress of the United States, House and Senate, the Supreme Court, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, 
the cabinet of the United States, did I say that, and the diplomatic corps, all in the same room. This is in, requires hundreds of people working on the logistics and the security of it. Most of those people are either furloughed or, or victims of the shutdown, the president's shutdown. But that isn't the point. The point is security. And I, as, as having been in the leadership a long time, have been, maybe before you were all here, where they have, uh, we have so prepared in advance for something happening in that chamber. Uh, actually, this room, HR5, if you look back at the history of it, rather than my giving it to you, was turned into sort of a, a safe haven while they bring us all down. Here, something happened in the chamber. This is a very big deal. It is a special security event. If you were to insist on coming, would you host him on the well, 29th? That would be a security matter. I mean, either the secretary was exaggerating the, the importance of, of, the, of the preparation required or not. And that's a security decision which is completely out of my hands. Madam Speaker, do you hope, do you hope he sees this as a consequence of the government shutdown? No, I just, I just, this is a housekeeping matter in the Congress of the United States so that we can honor the responsibility of limitation we extended to the president. You can make it from the Oval Office. Okay. Small people on the Democrat side. I mean, that's what we can say there, because Nielsen just came out uh, in a matter of moments ago and said that the Secret Service and Homeland Security are ready to protect the president and all of the dignitaries that would be at the uh, State uh, of the Union address. Uh, The uh, tradition, by the way, goes back to the early 20th century, and uh, that uh, the invitation of Congress, the president addresses the Congress on the State of the Union. The tradition also gives Congress the power to not invite the president or to revoke the invitation, which is what Pelosi is doing. Pelosi uh, has not gamed this all out, though. I don't think she's thought this all out. There's some things here that uh, if she was smarter, which she's not, uh, See, I that's why I call Cortez Pelosi 2.0 is because she's just like Nancy Pelosi, but she is a little bit dumber. Because uh, what they're giving to the president is an extraordinary opportunity, and I'm sure hoping that the president takes it. It would allow him to burnish his legacy with the creation of a presidential precedent be able to do something that no other president has ever done. A State of the Union address that's delivered to everyday Americans. In fact, it would be, if I were a president, I would say, uh, ladies and gentlemen, tonight's uh, presidential address, State of the Union, is a State of the Union to the American people and not to the elites. The elites don't want me to give this address, but it's for me to give, and so I will give it, and I'm going to give it directly to you. I'd still do it on January 29th, because, I mean, you know, Pelosi is is acting really petty. She's acting really small, but there's nothing stopping the president now from giving his address elsewhere. He can do this any place. He could... He could uh, have them rent the biggest coliseum in America. 
You know, or how about a big arena in a swing state and give uh, the presidential state of the union? And again, here's the key. Don't use it as a political rally. Do it as the state of the union. This is a constitutional obligation. The president periodically is to give to the Congress information to the State of the Union. This is from the Constitution directly. And recommend to their consideration such measures as he shall judge necessary and expedient. It doesn't require a speech before Congress or any kind of speech. In fact, between 1801 and 1913, the president addressed the Congress by writing a letter. So what we got here now is Pelosi and her petty Democrats unshackling this president from this stuffy tradition, which allows him to create a tradition of his own. Because if this happens, know this, it will happen again. If Trump's smart, and I'm, I don't doubt that the president isn't smart, He's going to grab this historic opportunity by the throat and make the most of it. Imagine if the State of the Union was delivered to we, the people. Imagine if the president and his successors were able to escape the D.C. swamp. The visuals of the opposing party sitting on its hands and move uh, this important tradition into America's heartland. I mean, look, all the Republicans would show up, probably none of the Democrats would show up. They'd really show how petty they are. And then, uh, you know, the, the important part that I think has to be done is that it must be and, and should be uh, the State of the Union. It should be a State of the Union and not be turned into a political rally. I mean, both of the president's first two State of the Union addresses were received well, even by the the media that hates him. It's a solemn and it's a serious thing, and it should remain so. Pelosi ceded even more congressional authority to the executive branch. Until now, the State of the Union was something the president did for Congress at the request of Congress, a custom where the president deferred to Congress. Now here's Pelosi giving a president like uh, Trump the open opportunity to upend the apple cart. Now the people want to hear from the president and the State of the Union. Once a year, as Americans, we want a serious, in-depth speech from our commander-in-chief, and the viewership numbers prove that. What's the biggest speech the president gives at any time during the time that he is president? And it is during the State of the Union. It's a tradition Americans appreciate. And if Democrats want their historical precedent to be the first time congressional leadership has ever played politics 
with the State of the Union, then the president can set his own president by bringing that message directly to you and to me. It it literally gives Trump the ability to really thumb his nose at the Democrats in Congress. This is so petty. This is so small. It really is going to look really bad for the Democrats. I, I hope Pelosi knows that. And now that Nielsen has uh, chimed in and said, no problem. You know, we can take care of this. We can handle this. What's the secretary, you know, what's she going to do? What's she going to do? Phone number 8230965. What do you think the president should do? I mean, I if I were him, wouldn't even be and I know he's not, but he shouldn't be breaking a sweat. He really should not. It should be um, you know, he should be seeing this as a as a as a big big opportunity. And uh, and show how really small uh, Pelosi is. And remember, it's it's not some uh, conservative paper that's reporting on why Pelosi is doing it. it, it it's a, a liberal side. Political is liberal. It's very left leaning, and, and and they're even saying that the reason she's doing this is that she doesn't want president get up in front of the american people and and talk about how bad things are on the border don't want the american people to know that don't want them to even consider that well he uh, he told them for eight minutes a few weeks a couple of weeks ago here is an opportunity if he wants to be clinton-esque he can take over two hours to talk about it and it'd be the biggest audience that he's ever had on a speech it would work on that was it donna you said we had with us oh donna okay let's talk to donna donna how are you welcome to the dave ellswick show well thank you for taking my call sure i'd just like to know who she thinks she is she's not the president he is none of her business if he wants to talk to his people he can talk to us well, she wants to stop him from doing it. Yeah, I agree. It's it's beyond ridiculous. It is. Well, I hope he tells her to kiss his you-know-what and walks <laughs> up there and talks to us. All right. He's the man that can do it. Well, we appreciate that. Thank you for your call here to the Dave Ellswick Show. So Pelosi is going to disinvite the president. Don't want to. No, no State of the Union address. Because she says there's not, a, there, you know, they, they can't protect everybody who's going to be there. And she named everybody she could think of uh, that was going to be there. You know, the cabinet, the Supreme Court, uh, the House of, you know, Congress with the Republicans and Democrats. The same thing with the Senate, the Supreme Court justices and on and on and on and on. Vice president, president. You know, it, it was like she was saying. <laughs> I think. Do you think that she was setting us up for uh, what's what was that TV show with Kiefer Sutherland, something Survivor? You know that uh, he was on on television, Russ, saying that you know 
He was the only one that didn't get killed because he was the only one that wasn't at the State of the Union. Somebody blew up the Capitol. Just know that the Secret Service and the uh, Homeland Security are going to be there. The Secretary of Homeland Security made that statement. Phone lines open, 823-0965. What do you think? I think he should find a huge arena in a major city, in a swing state. I go along with that. And give his State of the Union there. What do you think? 8230965. Lines are open for you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, this just breaking, and uh, this the Prime Minister uh, of Britain has survived the uh, no contest vote. She uh, she survived that, so she's yeah. They 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 still have confidence in her. They just don't have confidence in her Brexit plan. So anyway, we may talk about that a little bit more a little bit more later on. Eight two three zero nine six five is the uh, the number to call. That's eight two three zero nine six five. Again, I, I've got a um, article here from Charlie uh, Spearing who said House Speaker Nancy Pelosi urged President Donald Trump to cancel the scheduled date of his State of the Union address or instead submit a written letter to Congress. Quote, sadly, given the security concerns and unless government reopens this week, I suggest that we work together to determine another suitable date after government has reopened for this address or for you to consider delivering the State of the Union address in writing to the Congress on January 29th. Pelosi wrote that in her letter addressed to the president today. Pelosi warned of uh, security concerns due to the partial government shutdown as uh, Secret Service and Department of Homeland Security officers were not being paid. The Secret Service and the Department of Homeland Security have not responded to Pelosi's letter, although uh, just uh, a few moments ago in the last half hour, we've heard from the uh, Secretary of Homeland Security saying they can take care of it no problem. Uh, later today, after the uh, uh, the Speaker of the House delivered that letter, House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer told CNN that the State of the Union was effectively canceled. Quote, the State of the Union is off, Hoyer said, adding that Trump could not convince them to schedule it until Trump reopened the government. Now, remember, Pelosi invited Trump to address Congress back on January 3rd, and the president accepted. Quote, I'll be making the State of the Union on January 29th, Trump told reporters back on January 6th. And I look forward to it. I look forward to it. And I look forward to speaking really before the world. We have a lot of great things to say. Our country is doing better than any country in the world right now. So that's, uh, you know, what it said. The State of the Union is off, said Hoyer. Oh, he might be surprised that's not going uh, to be the case. I mean, they're trying to twist the president's arm to reopen the government. Don't expect the president to uh, scream uncle anytime soon. Now, Hoyer made his comments after Pelosi sent the president a letter urging him to postpone the speech or simply deliver a letter to Congress. 
Um, so we know what's going on now. The president could do some very cool things since Congress is breaking precedent. And if they're going to pre- uh, break precedent, the president can give it wherever he wants to do it. Keep that in mind. If he wants to do it some, you know, somewhere else, he can do it. The Constitution says that he should deliver a State of the Union. He should deliver a speech saying how the Union is. It's been called the State of the Union for many, 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 many years. More years than I've been around and than you've been around. I doubt if anybody is listening right now was around the 1800s. But the bottom line is uh, I want to talk about this some more and get your call and what you think. 823-0965 is the number to call here to the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, welcome back to the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have you with us. And uh, the question for you right now is a simple one. What do you think the president should do if uh, the Speaker of the House says, hey, we've disinvited you to come and do the uh, the speech? All right, the State of the Union, he's constitutionally supposed to give the State of the Union. Why doesn't he go somewhere else and do it and give it to, as uh, an article I was talking about, we the people, give it to us. See what uh, Willie has to say. He's calling in today. Willie, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. What's your thoughts here, my, my friend? Doing pretty good, Dave. Listen, I think President Trump should go to the House chamber and deliver the speech. And I don't care if there's a single Democrat not there, he should still give the speech. Okay, so you think he should do it at, at Congress, whether they, whether the uh, Democrats uh, show up or not, or other parts of the uh, of the uh, duly elected representatives and uh, put in uh, the Supreme Court and all the rest of them. Exactly. Okay. All right. See, I, I think he should go to a, a big coliseum out in a swing state and give the State of the Union. I mean, give the state, give his speech that he had written uh, for Congress and give it to the American people and say, I'm giving it to you. They didn't want to, they didn't want to hear me. They didn't want to hear me uh, there in, uh, in, in, in DC. So, I'm going to give it to you here in uh, the middle of the heartland or whatever. So would like to know what you have to say about that as well. 823-0965, 823-0965. I mean, if Pelosi's going to break precedent, then the president can start a new precedent. Just uh, another thing that the Congress can do that they've been doing forever, and that's given uh, the presidency, the executive branch, uh, a you know a group of uh, people, uh, the president, more power to the executive and taking it away from uh, the, the legislative branch. So I just would like to hear what you have to say about it. Or maybe you really hadn't thought about it because you're just hearing about what's all going on right now. But to say that it's petty and it's small is an understatement about uh, what Pelosi is doing. This is petty and it's small. No doubt about it. This is a historical uh, thing that's done, which uh, the uh, 
what it, what's done, the uh, State of the Union. It's a constitutional responsibility. Now, I will admit that uh, it has been done in the past by not by, by the president not going to Congress. Uh, that it's been submitted in writing uh, to them, and they they give the the speech to them to uh, to do. I mean that's uh, that w- that went on for how long? There's quite a while that that went down. Let me look. I I'm checking this out real quick here, and the answer is because I want to make sure that you're getting exactly the right. This tradition gives Congress the power to not invite the president or to revoke the invitation, which is what Pelosi is doing. If they can invite him, they can disinvite him, and she's doing it. Uh, Between 1801 and 1913, the president addressed the Congress by writing a letter. That was the major way that people communicated, by the way. Um, I don't know when the first... Uh, either radio broadcast or television broadcast was for the State of the Union. I'll look that up and find it as well. But, uh, you know, the president wanted the American people to hear it as well. Here he can take it and say, hey, I'm, br- I'm bringing it to you. The Democrats didn't want it. So I'm coming out and I've got people that are watching me, taking care of me keeping me in uh, in good stead. I'm not worried about getting, uh, you know, shot or, or anything like that. So uh, here's here's the, the speech for you. You know, I just, what Pelosi is doing uh, is uh, pretty dumb. She is definitely hurting herself by doing this. I mean, seriously, she is making this very, very, uh, I think bad for the Democrats. So we'll we'll leave it on that. And, and here's another thing that people have been uh, r- reporting lately, and and that is because of TSA, uh, a lot of them haven't been showing up for work because they're not getting paid or whatever. They're saying that the lines uh, in the uh, airports are. Uh, overly long. It's taken a long time to get through everything. And the case of of it is is that's not is not true. You go to work. They're going to get their money. They know they're going to get their money. Now, if they don't go to work, they're not going to get the money that they were supposed to be paid for working. If they're not working, so they're they're going there. Things have not slowed down. You know, they go to Atlanta now to show if the lines are really, really long uh, because uh, it's the busiest airport in the United States. Here's the key. It's not showing that. In fact, it was a great story about it yesterday, and I uh, forget which uh, news organization had it. It was not one of the, quote, as the left likes to point out, a right-leaning or it's dep- dep- uh, definitely a conservative uh, media. It was, I think, CBS but they were showing cameramen that were there to catch all of the mayhem that was going on because of the shutdown, laying on the floor and sleeping. 
because there was nothing to film. That's uh, that's the way that they're, uh, you know, trying to bend the story. And by the way, did you see how Google has been manipulating their data so that if there's a story dealing with Maxine Waters, it goes to the top. You type in, you know, Maxine Waters, the most positive story goes to the top to be reported. Uh, the the least, uh, you know, uh, positive story goes to the bottom. The most negative is at the very bottom. Uh, abortion stories, if you're pro-life, you go to the bottom of the list. And they said that they didn't do that just a couple of weeks ago. They were sitting in front of uh, a Senate uh, committee and said, oh, we don't do that. Well, of course they do. And they lie about it all the time. So uh, we come back. We got a lot more still to talk about today here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Got another question to ask you. Got warts? Well, Applied Research of Arkansas wants to help you out. If you've got warts, you're ready to take action. They have a new clinical study that could wipe those warts away. Uh, If you want to be a participant, go to their website, arcarkansas.com, and uh, say you want to be a participant in one of their studies. Participants will receive free study-related care and medication as well as compensation for time and travel. You apply online, or you can even call. Again, if you're going to do it online, you go to arcarkansas.com, or you can call 501-954-7822, 501-954-7822. Yeah, I can't wait to see this all play out with Nancy Pelosi and see if she'll uh, come in and say, hey, well, we uh, we heard that they... Uh, have enough uh, people to make it uh, safe. So uh, we're re-inviting the president to come in to uh, here the, the 29th of the month and give the uh, State of the Union. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you right now, I, I, Congressman French Hill will be with us at 335 today. He'll be calling in. This is going to be one of my first questions. If he finds it as petty and small as I do, we'll see what he has to say uh, about all of it. Okay, so uh, there's another Democrat going to run for president. Cut number two for us there, uh, Russ, uh, for Gillibrand. I'm going to run for president of the United States because as a young mom, I will fight for your children as hard as I would fight for my own. And that's why I believe that health care should be a right and not a privilege. I believe we should have better public schools because it shouldn't matter what block you grow up on. I believe we need to start rewarding work in this country again because anybody who wants to work hard should be able to get whatever training they need to earn their way into the middle class and to be able to have the American dream, which has always been for everyone. There you go. She's in. So uh, let's uh, let's take a look here now. Let me. These are the notably declared candidates and exploratory committees thus far. Julian Castro, former U.S. Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, San Antonio Mayor. He formally announced his candidacy on January 12th. John Delaney, former U.S. Representative from Maryland, filed to run for president uh, back on uh, August 10th of 2017. He got into the fray just as soon as he could. 
Uh, Tulsi Gabbard, she's a Democrat, of course, a U.S. representative from Hawaii, announced that she had decided to run for the president's uh, seat on January 11th, 2019. Uh, Kirsten Gillibrand, who you just heard, a U.S. senator from New York, announced that she was running for president on January 15th. Richard Ojeda, I think is his name. I'm not sure. A state senator from West Virginia filed to run for president November 11th, 2018. And Elizabeth Warren, U.S. senator from Massachusetts, announced she had formed an exploratory committee on uh, December 31st. So uh, we're going to have to wait until the rest of this plays out. Now, Tom uh, Steyer, uh, who is a hedge fund uh, manager and been spending money like it's water for the Democrats, announced that he would not run uh, for president. So a lot of people thought he would run, but he has decided not to run. Uh, We haven't heard from Bloomberg in the last couple of weeks, so we don't know what he's going to do yet. Uh, There's still a lot. I mean, Biden's still out there. Everybody's waiting on him. I'm waiting for Michelle Obama. I keep telling you, I still think she's going to wait to, to, you know, the very end and uh, is, is going to get in at the end and really throw everything into disarray, basically. Pantsuits. You know, I bet that show, yeah, yeah, we'll get a lot of pantsuits then. No, I mean Hillary. Oh, you know, I don't know. I Something tells me no, she won't get into it. But then I forget about her ego. And then I think, yes, she will. So we'll just have to wait and, and see how that one goes. She might. She might not. We can just put her out there as a a uh, heavy maybe uh, as far as that goes. But there's still there's a lot of people out there we haven't heard from yet that I'll be I'll be waiting. I mean, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's the guy down there in Texas that everybody likes so much that ran against Cruz? O'Rourke. Yeah, O'Rourke. I expect Better O'Rourke. I, yeah. Yeah, he's not beta. He's just he's as Hispanic as I am. But I, I'm just saying that he's, you know, I think that he's probably going to get I'm into it. Indian leather. <laughs> did you see? Did you see where he made this statement? And this might mean that he won't get to run uh, for uh, president of the United States when he said he thought that maybe the Constitution wasn't the uh, the document we needed to take uh, the United States forward in the 21st century? Maybe it's outlived its usefulness. Wow. I'll give him, I, I will give him credit for a ballsy statement, basically. Not, I'm not, the, not the smartest political statement I've ever heard, but a ballsy statement, none uh, the less. So we got to need to kind of follow him and see what else uh, he wants to to say. Um, do you, do you think that she would have the the nerve to Castillo? Do you think Ortez Ortez would do it? What do they call her now? Rock or something? A Rock or something? I forget. They got some kind of bizarre, um, you know, nickname for her. But anyway, uh, wonder if she'll wonder if she's got the the spot to go in. Here, here's what she does have. She's been jumping all over the senior Democrats and saying that she's going to go out and campaign against them. Now, what does that mean for the people in her district? 
It means don't expect anything to happen for you in your district. <laughs> well, she's your congresswoman because the people who are voting to make her uh, her ideas law are just not going to be on her side about that kind of stuff. Just not going to happen. Not going to happen uh, at all. Okay, let me see here. I had, um, how about the president? What I love about the president, he says a lot of times what I'm thinking. And I've got a piece of audio here that I love. This is a little over a minute long. You're going to love this. Here was, here's, here's Trump making sense again. This is Monday cut number steel three. barrier, or whatever you want to call it. This barrier will stop illegal activity while directing lawful trade, travel, and commerce to our ports of entry. These ports are America's doors. But doors only work when you have strength. We need strength. Right now, we have weakness. They're forming a new caravan in Honduras. Honduras is not helping us. They could stop it. We send them hundreds of millions of dollars a year. El Salvador, Honduras, and other places. Guatemala. Hundreds of millions. But they don't help us like so many nations. We help them. They don't help us. We don't even get their votes often when we need their vote in the United Nations. They don't vote for us. Why? Because the wrong people are asking them. So those days are over. So I said just before I came, we're looking at a whole plan. Why are we sending them money if they're allowing caravans to form right in the middle of their cities? Why are we sending them money? You hear all that applause? I'll add to that. I'll go right along with it. You know, if you're going to send, you know, not stop the people that want to uh, leave your country and let them come up towards us and try to enter into our country illegally, why are we sending you hundreds of millions of dollars? I don't know, you know, how they go about doing this, and maybe I'll I'll ask uh, Congressman Hill. That question. Okay, federal aid. I'm writing it down so I don't forget. Federal aid and how we stop it. You know, what's the process? And uh, how do we take and redirect that aid instead of going to countries that are not trying to help us in this country, but, you know, send it to, uh, you know, wounded veterans and things of that nature and, you know, pour more more money into helping them. Of course, make sure that it's helping wounded veterans and not just going into somebody's pocket. That's the that's the problem with tons and tons of money that you have that you just shovel to people is keeping uh, an eye on it if it's being used correctly or not. But there there's got to be things that we you know put it on for infrastructure then. You know, give it to the state so they can use it. But again, you run into the same thing. You got to, you know, make sure that the money is being used used correctly. I mean, maybe maybe they'd be nice enough for us to give us enough money to finish sixty seven one sixty seven. So so people going back towards Cabot and uh, Ward and Austin and Searcy and through uh, Jacksonville can do it safely without having some kind of major accident over there. Or maybe just spread the money out and fill all the frickin' potholes that we've got now 
that are destroying tires on people's cars. There's got to be better ways to use that money than to give it as foreign aid to countries that are not spending that money in any way, shape, or form to make their countries the place that their people want to stay and instead want to come here. And uh, so, yeah, I'm just saying, I go along with what the president just said. You know, they're starting another caravan. You can, you, you could stop it if you want to. You're not doing it. So that means that you don't want, you know, we're not going to give you money. You'd see some of those tin whore despots uh, change the way they're doing things. I'll tell you that much. All right, we've got to get to the top of the hour here. We've got some more things to talk about in the next hour. We've got the uh, congressman coming in to talk to us at the bottom of the hour. So we'll see what uh, Congressman Hill has to say about Pelosi, about federal aid, and about a whole lot of other things, the closure of the government, shutdown, all the things that are going on. We'll get back. We'll talk about that here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, so I'm um, kind of – keeping my fingers crossed that the president is going to get involved uh and and send something back to pelosi on this uh the shutdown i want to go back and and play that cut cut three uh russ that president uh, was talking about why are we sending money to honduras and el salvador if they're allowing uh, caravans to form in the middle of their cities uh, let, let's hear, and I think that this is something we need to start looking at as far as federal aid to uh, foreign nations with what they do in any nation around the world that we're sending them, you know, a lot of, of money to. And don't we need to go back and look at, uh, you know, our, our foreign aid uh, to make sure it's going to countries that, quote, need it? I mean, seriously, that that need uh, our help. That's a third world, world nation. If you're already past being a third world nation, you got an economy of your own, you don't need our freaking money. At least that's the way I look at it. Let's hear what the president had to say. Monday steel barrier, or whatever you want to call it, this barrier will stop illegal activity while directing lawful trade, travel, and commerce to our ports of entry. These ports are America's doors. But doors only work when you have strength. We need strength. Right now, we have weakness. They're forming a new caravan in Honduras. Honduras is not helping us. They could stop it. We send them hundreds of millions of dollars a year, El Salvador, Honduras, and other places, Guatemala. Hundreds of millions. But they don't help us like so many nations. We help them, they don't help us. We don't even get their votes often when we need their vote in the United Nations. They don't vote for us. Why? Because the wrong people are asking them. So those days are over. So I said just before I came, we're looking at a whole plan. Why are we sending them money if they're allowing caravans to form right in the middle of their cities? Why are we sending them money? Yeah, the people agree with him. I agree with him on that. I mean, I don't agree with everything that Trump does or that he says or how he does it. But I can tell you there, he's saying exactly what I'm thinking. And I think he says exactly what a lot of people are thinking. As you know, 
back when the Minutemen uh, were on the border trying to help the ranchers down in Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas, that uh, I took our show on the road when it was much more difficult to do than it is now uh, because uh, we had to get a phone line and all kinds of stuff at that time. And we were lucky that a rancher allowed us to use their phone line to broadcast back here to uh, Little Rock. And we were down in Arizona, down close to the border on the King Anvil Ranch. And I was told then uh, by off the record, so to speak, you know what, uh, you can't say I said this, Dave, because the Border Patrol uh, was terrified that if they said anything about what was really going on there, they'd end up getting fired uh, by uh, uh, the, the politicals that were the head of their particular branches of the government. Well, it's happening. Uh, these things that they're saying now is happening again. Now is in New Mexico. Uh, this is a story that came from the Washington Examiner. Uh, ranchers and farmers near the U.S.-Mexico border have been finding prayer rugs on their properties in recent months. That according to uh, one rancher who asked to remain anonymous for fear of retaliation by human smugglers. Now, when I was there, and it was, it's been over a decade now, uh, when I was down there, uh, when we were uh, right there on the King Anvil where nearly 60,000 illegals was coming across that ranch a month, uh, they were finding prayer rugs, they were finding Korans, uh, they were just finding all kinds of stuff. Not good stuff at all. Uh, the mats are pieces of carpet that those in the Muslim faith kneel on as they worship during their unauthorized trek into and through the United States. Quote, there's a lot of people coming in, not just from Mexico, the rancher said. People, the general public, just don't get the terrorist threats of that. That's what's really scary. We don't know what's coming across. You know, we found prayer rugs out here. It's unreal. It's not just Mexican nationals that are coming across. The rancher who lives with her family in a remote southwestern part of the state said the discoveries raised questions about how many people who illegally entered the U.S. in Hidalgo County, New Mexico, traveled tens of thousands of miles from overseas to sneak across the southern border. She's one of many of Animus, New Mexico, a tiny town that sits between the international border and the Border Patrol's Lordsburg Station, which is 95 miles north of the boundary. The few hundred residents have no local police department. They rely on the Hidalgo County Sheriff's Department and the U.S. Border Patrol to to help when they need it, but otherwise count on tips and support from one another because of the 40 miles that separate the community from the county headquarters in Lordsburg. They and other local residents in Animus told the Washington Examiner this week that migrants from places other than Mexico and Central America are arriving. I've talked to several agents of the Border Patrol that I trust, there's not a lot that I do trust, but the ones I do trust, I, I talk to them, she said during a tour of her property. 
what Border Patrol classifies as OTMs, others than Mexican, has really increased in the last couple years, but drastically within the last six months. Okay, let me give you let me give you a rundown here. Chinese, Germans, Russians, a lot of Middle Easterners, Czechoslovakians, they just caught over on our neighbors just last summer. Billy Darnell, a cannel rancher in Anima, said his neighbor had 18 women and children from the Philippines show up on his property. Border Patrol was called to the scene and took the group in. Government data indicates six known or suspected terrorists were caught trying to enter the U.S. from Mexico from October of 2017 through March of 2018. However, the Trump administration has stated on several occasions that 3,700 people who were identified as coming from countries with terrorist problems have also been apprehended at that border. We've talked about the thousands of terror watch list individuals who traveled through our hemisphere last year. And according to Homeland uh, Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen, to pretend there's not a danger on our unsecured border, on an open border, is just ridiculous. It belies common sense. Border Patrol and its parent agency, Customs and Border Protection, did not want to respond to multiple interview requests in the past week. I mean, when I went down there, I'm just a little old radio station from Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, who was uh, with the, went down there and and uh, sheltered down and broadcast uh, here back to Little Rock with the Minutemen. Uh, I was, you know, told that no one from the Border Patrol would talk to us. Would not go on the record and talk. And I talked to from the top to the bottom. I went to guys that were out there driving along uh, the defense, uh, which looked like the fence that Acosta was next to uh, here just a few days ago. I've got pieces of that fence, whereas they were erecting it, they left pieces of it laying around. I've, I've, I keep stuff from a lot of our trips that we go on. And. Uh, I've got pieces of the of the border fence that they had put up under, uh, uh, you know, President Bush's watch. But they weren't open either. They didn't want to talk about it either. About prayer rugs and Korans and and uh, the people that were not from Mexico that they were stopping and interrogating and wondering why they were there. I mean, we did a story a few months ago talking about people that were coming from uh, Asia that were being caught uh, there by Laredo in Texas. You just got to stop that kind of stuff. You can't let that type of stuff go on without trying to do something to stop it. Not Look, I'm going to tell you right now, we need more than the border wall. We need the wall. The wall is important. Putting that up forces people to go certain ways. It channels them towards, you know, getting across the border in places where uh, we can perhaps capture them and then uh, find out where they're coming from. 
maybe do some health tests. CDC now has gone to the border because the rise of tuberculosis here in our country is is significant. I've got a lot of people who work at, uh, you know, UAMS and uh, the Arkansas Children's uh, Hospital and Baptist and St. Vincent's, and there's tons of, um, you know, tuberculosis showing up that virtually had been gone. And they know it's coming from the aliens that are coming across our border. I mean, that's why Ellis Island was was there. People coming from Ireland and the different countries they came from, they wanted to look at these folks and make sure they were well. You know, we're seeing uh, rising in, in, uh, in measles and in mumps and in all kinds of communicable diseases because we're not catching it coming from third world nations that don't have the same type of of uh, medical care that we have and i mean we we complain about our medical care their medical care i don't know maybe a witch doctor for all i know you know some uh, some shaman or something dancing around and shaking maracas over them bottom line when they're coming here to the United States, they're carrying their diseases with them. And they're bringing it into our country. And then the people that uh, have families that aren't getting them immunized, and they be, they come into contact with these people, and they end up getting sick. So we, we need more Border Patrol people. I mean, what was it we heard, 1,600 right now? That's not enough. You know it, and I know it. Need to spend more money on that. Let's let's take that money that we're talking the millions of dollars that we're giving to Honduras, El Salvador, and whatever, and let's hire more people to be along the the border to capture these people. Now we got a lot more to talk about. There's a lot to talk about uh, dealing with uh, the whole thing with illegal aliens and illegal, uh, you know, migrants that are making their way across our nation. Uh, this is beyond, you know, coming up with some votes and things of that nature. This is putting our citizens under uh, very serious, serious uh, uh, threats of getting diseases that we've just about have had eradicated, but now we're seeing them uh, come back again because of uh, what's what's going on along the border not a good thing it is a terrible thing that's going on and we need to you know make sure that uh, we do what we can do how we can do it and do it the best way that we can do it so that uh, we don't have to hope for the best we know we've got the best going on and uh, cut this down to a trickle I mean, you're not going to stop in everybody. If somebody wants to get in to our country illegally, they, uh, they, they, I'm sure they probably can. They can figure out a way of doing it. But we can sure cut it down to where it's just negligible. It's hardly a lot at all. All right, don't forget that there are 567 different ways to claim your Social Security benefits. There are 2,728 rules in the Social Security Handbook. Your government 
has told the Social Security Administration that they're forbidden to offer you any personalized advice. Maybe why there's uh, as much as $10 billion in benefits that go unclaimed every year. Well, you can learn how you could ring every nickel of your Social Security benefits uh, to yourself in the up-to-date guide to Social Security. Got it from David Lucas, host of David Lucas Show on 101.1 FM, The Answer. He's on every Saturday here, 10 a.m. and again at 3 p.m. To get your free guide to Social Security, be one of the first 10 callers right now, 501-653-6690. You don't want to leave tens of thousands of dollars on the table. You want to get back every nickel that's rightfully yours because you paid into this. You should get the money back that you've paid into this. Again, call 501-653-6690 or visit davidlucasfinancial.com. All right, so there's all kinds of stories out there that are trying to force the government shutdown to come to an end. Uh, Republican lawmakers from Georgia are holding the line on the partial federal government shutdown, which is now in its 26th day. Story from uh, uh, the journal. Cracks are beginning to appear from pressure beginning to build. On uh, Tuesday, yesterday, Delta CEO Ed Bastian reported that the shutdown will cost his airline $25 million this month in lost revenue. In this morning's edition of the Savannah Morning News, U.S. Representative Buddy Carter continues to blame Democrats, but he acknowledges that the pot of federal money set aside for the deepening of the port of Savannah could be at risk should President Trump revisit the idea of declaring a national emergency in order to fund his border wall. Quote, we don't really have assurances that any money is off limits, Carter said. There's the riled up U.S. Senator Johnny Isaacson, who walked onto the Senate floor Tuesday afternoon and went nuts on his colleagues for, quote, not doing a damn thing while the American people are suffering. Oh, yeah, they did. The Democrats did. They went to Puerto Rico and Hawaii. They went on vacations over there. Had a great time, I guess. Isaacson was a late arrival to Washington this week. He stayed behind in Georgia an extra day to watch Governor Brian Kemp swearing in. But when passing through Hartsville-Jackson International Airport, Isaac said he was unable to offer an explanation for the shutdown when uh, constituents, including several transportation security agency workers, approached him. We're just doing the wrong thing, punishing the wrong people. It's not right. Well, if Pelosi would and Schumer put the money up for the wall, it'd be over with. That would be the answer I would have given them. How stupid are you, dude? Pretty easy thing to... To explain, it seems like to me. Uh, So he uh, didn't offer any specific solutions for breaking through the border impasse, but he said negotiations need to, quote, find a way to do something different. But he didn't dismiss an interim solution if a quick deal can't be found. uh, Isaacson also voiced a new worry that's making the rounds. February 3rd is bearing down on Georgia. We've got a Super Bowl coming to Atlanta in about three weeks. 
the biggest tourism event in the world this year, he said. What if the largest airport in the world that's going to bring people to the largest football game in the world goes out of business because of the TSA strikes? Then you just cost millions of dollars to the United States of America, my home city of Atlanta, and others. Why would the why? <laughs> come on, dude. Why would the why would the airport go out of business? People can still travel. It's not like they can't travel. It was. It's been proven. It's been shown. Wake up and smell the coffee and show the people of Georgia that you're not some idiot that you can't think. According to Government Executive Magazine, Isaacson is one of eight GOP senators who have signed onto a measure of U.S. Senator Rob Portman of Ohio in advancing to avoid government shutdowns in the future. The bill stipulates that if Congress fails to meet a funding deadline, a continuing resolution would automatically kick in, maintaining spending levels at the current rate. That's just the way to do it. Let's use this as a methodology they continue to just keep raping the American people while the government, it's not working. How about we put pressure on them to say, look, we're not going to pay anybody in the government if you don't get this straightened out. How about if we take away your paycheck? You think you might be able to find out a way of settling this pretty quickly? Got more coming your way. Congressman will be with us, uh, Congressman Hill, when we return. All right, 35 minutes, uh, take that back, 35 minutes after, 25 minutes till, uh, here on the hour, Dave Ellswick show, and joining us as he is now doing each week is uh, Congressman uh, Hill. And uh, Congressman Hill, how are you today? Well, I'm fine. I'm up here just uh, waiting for the Democrats, and I don't like that, but I'm <laughs> patient. I'm glad to be talking to you. I would like some action where we can get this government back open and uh, have some common sense prevail, but I guess that's not permitted here well, inside the Beltway. Yeah, well, we had another example of no common sense today from the Speaker of the House as she uninvited President Trump for the, for the State of the Union address, of all things, saying that they can't protect you. And Nielsen came out and said, of course, they, uh, you know, our division can protect you. There's no problem with us protecting us. So, yeah, I mean, it, it not only is it nonsense, because we have the best in the world that are in our protection quadrant, but I'd also would add that the legislative branch of government was fully funded before September 30th, which includes the entire Capitol Police contingent, in addition to all the peripheral activity up here on Capitol Hill. So I don't, I don't even know where she's, what she's thinking about. Okay, so I talked about this in the first hour. In fact, I spent the whole first hour talking about this. Does Pelosi, is she, is she so dim that she does not understand that she's offering the president of the United States that we have now, Donald Trump, the ability, because by, by constitution, he's got to get like the State of the Union address. So what if he doesn't go to the Capitol? What if he goes and picks a, a really big venue in a swing state and decides to do it? Well, he's got that right. You know, the Constitution requires the uh, president to uh, – 
periodically update Congress. And so in our nation, that became a, an annual message. It turned into uh, the real legislative agenda under Theodore Roosevelt, and he never appeared personally, but he sent reams of ideas to Congress once a year when the Congress was going to come into session. And then the first person to address uh, the Congress in an annual message in person, I think, was Woodrow Wilson. And since then, we've we've had these ceremonial presentations, but there's no requirement that it be done, and, and, the, and the president could just send a memorandum to Congress if he wanted to. Right. But... Uh- from what I'm reading, political reported today from the uh, deep recess of the uh, uh, of the Democrats that the re- real reason that Pelosi doesn't want the president to be there to give the uh, the State of the Union is that he'll use it to talk about what's going on on the border. Of course, and you know if he does that, Dave, you know what'll be fun about that? He can just simply instead of that section of his speech. He could just play President Clinton's State of the Union speech January 1995 and save a lot of effort because it was a terrific speech on the need for border security and immigration reform, something this country is still struggling with 20-something years later. So, um, you know, that might save everybody a little writing time, and maybe we could just show a web video of President Clinton's uh, speech on immigration and border security. He, The president just, I think it was uh, Saturday that he spoke to a lot of the uh, the folks from the, the Border Patrol and whatever, and he made this statement, and, and I agree with him. Why are we sending money to Honduras, El Salvador, if they're allowing caravans to form in the middle of their cities? Why don't we keep the money and use it for some other things? And the uh, the crowd broke into huge applause. And I think that's exactly what average Americans are wondering. And I was wondering if you could walk us quickly through how, you know, this foreign aid, how is that decided and then how is it dispersed and how could you stop it? Yeah, these are good questions. And they are questions that Congress has uh, definitely investigated over the years to make sure it's it's being put to any uh, good use, and that that use benefits the American people specifically in the form of uh, homeland security and better economics in Central America, which includes selling American goods, obviously, in Central America. Unfortunately, the governments in Salvador, Honduras, and Nicaragua have seriously deteriorated, and they're probably at the worst, this is my personal opinion, they're at the worst uh, economic and national security position than they were back during the first Reagan term when we dealt with uh, uh, act one of of uh, the bad actors uh, mm-hmm. from Managua and related countries. Now, instead of a communist sort of insurgency, you have a lawless government without the rule of law, and you have the drug cartels that are so active in intimidating villagers in in particularly Honduras and Salvador. So, this has put tremendous pressure on the southern border of Mexico and. Really, when it comes to security, I think the better partnership would be uh, the Mexican government working with the American government to better secure the Mexican southern border, which you and I have talked before. This is a personal interest of yours, and you've studied it for so many years. You can recall a time when Mexico was recognized for outstanding border security at its southern border. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's where I think uh, an American partnership with Mexico would be very helpful. 
So that's part one. Part two is, what are we doing in Salvador and Honduras to create better conditions for the people there in terms of improving rule of law, training their military, trying to have a separation of power in their governments? We do spend money there. I don't know the number off the top of my head. But obviously, some of it's humanitarian, and the humanitarian money, I'm sure, is is well spent through uh, good non-government organizations. But this issue that we are have making any progress in improving the governmental form there has been really going the opposite direction in the last decade. It's concerning. Um, and we do need to make sure that we are trying to, as I say, promote stable governments, functioning governments that protect their own people, that create uh, the ways and means that people don't feel like they have to run for their lives out of these countries. Yeah, I I would agree. The the money is overseen by the Foreign Affairs Committee. Uh, It is appropriated money, so it is money open to public inspection, and the hearings are public. Um, But I don't disagree with the president or others who criticize what we are getting for that investment. It's clearly not working and should be reassessed. And if I were waving a magic wand about how we spend money in Central America, I actually, I think I would partner with Mexico as we do in many other things and trying to to help them with their southern border. Evaluate how could that be done in a better way. Congressman, one, you know, we're zeroing in on the wall over the last few um, months, uh, but it's not the only answer. I mean, we need more Border Patrol people that are, uh, you know, people on the border. is, is that money being made available, or is it tied up as well? Yeah, it's grown over the years since the Bush administration. It grew during the Obama administration, and it's grown during President Bush, uh, Trump's administration. Where, When I went down to the border, I've been down there four times. I'm getting ready to go again you know, a little later in the, in the spring to a part of the border where I've not been before. And consistently, when you visit with the Border Patrol zones, these are the green uniforms, these are the guys who, who really put their life on the line every day. They have about 50 to 55% force projection capability every day, meaning they're on patrol. And you say, well, where are the other 50% or 45% of the people? Well, they're transporting a prisoner to San Antonio. They have gym duty. They are on vacation. They have, they're in training somewhere. So if you have a 1,500 person force in one of these border zones at any one time only about half of them are engaged in actual border patrol so i have a price a managerial problem but it also speaks to uh how we can supplement their needs uh by having more people on patrol and fewer people doing work running the physical training program or the hr department and and so that's why we, we don't have enough manpower there. And the same is true, by the way, in visiting with a few of the rural sheriffs, sheriff's department. I asked them that question. Their number is about 50% as well. So that mm-hmm. may be some sort of standard in terms of manpower ratios in law enforcement agencies, but it's frustrating. Well, I, I do know this. If I'm talking about some of the problems on the border, I know that the congressional delegations in both parties know about them What's holding up these people of trying to get something done? I, I know it's not holding you up. You'd like to get something done, but the Democrats have been playing, you know, stop the whole time, and they're not willing to do anything to make things work again. 
Yeah, and I was in the uh, I was in the airport coming up here on uh, Monday, and a couple of nice travelers were sitting next to me, and I started talking to them about border security, and I said, you know, we have um, over 600 miles, or actually over now it's over 700 miles of physical border barrier, and they go, really? I said, yes. I said this started way back in the uh, at the end of Bush, at the beginning of the Bill Clinton administration, in constructing double fence, parallel road with lighting and infrared camera type work in the most high traffic areas. And everywhere it was built, uh, it saw 90% reductions of the illegal border crossings. And she just was dumbfounded. She goes, oh, I thought this was all Trump's idea. I said, no. I said, like so many things, President Trump is trying to get the government to live up to its promises to the American people to comply with our constitutional duty to protect the American people. And she was, so I've put this uh, up, you know, on my social media to try to explain this. And uh, we built the border fence in San Diego back in 1992. Uh, that was the, and it's still where a lot of the trouble, that's Tijuana. That's what the your listeners are seeing on television right Correct. now where these caravans go. Uh, but we've built 126 miles uh, at Yuma, Arizona, back in '05 during the Bush administration. We built 131 miles at El Paso, Texas, during the Clinton administration. And we built uh, 50 miles down at Laredo and 60 miles down the Rio Grande Valley, both uh, between the uh, Bush and uh, Obama administrations. This has been a bipartisan part of a multi-pronged approach to border security. And it doesn't change the fact that we need immigration reform, uh, E-Verify, visa overstay, tracking. I got all that. But to say that the border security, physical border security is immoral is absolutely not true. It's something that Democrats, including Nancy Pelosi, have voted for consistently and this whole thing, as tragic as this 25 days has been, is all politics because mm. they don't want to support President Trump. So how, how, how do we take a crack and make it into a fissure and then make it into a hole so we can get some of this taken care of and get the govern, well, we government need, open? We need our citizens to call um, you know, our colleagues on the other side of the aisle and say, look, this is common sense. Please find a number to negotiate and meet President Trump uh, on his physical border security requests, and everything else will be done. The, the The Democrats have asked for things, too. This doesn't get any press, but they've made requests. They wanted to do more of the uh, steel slat type approach, mm-hmm. and the president approved that. They asked for several hundred million dollars in additional a humanitarian aid, and some infrastructure for uh, X-ray uh, increased X-ray capability for eighteen uh, wheelers crossing the border. He said, "Okay with that," and they they just walk away. So he to say he is not negotiated with them. He's he's been there and tried to do that over and over again. And the last thing I'd say, I have a reminder by the House passed. <clears throat> full funding for all the government departments, including the president's proposal on border security fencing back on December 21st. 
And it is the Senate that did not take these measures up because Chuck Schumer blocked them from being taken up. And Schumer's the same guy who shut the government down last February, basically for the same topic, although it was alleged to be the Dreamer issue last February. Yeah, well, the the president was willing to give in on the Dreamer issue, and And Schumer said, no, thank you. Yeah, and you didn't, you know, you didn't support exactly the way that came out uh, with the president's point on DACA. I know that, and I respect it completely. But look, there was a a very interesting uh, middle ground proposed there that Schumer could have jumped on that Mm -hmm. did not have a special pathway to citizenship, but allowed work permits for these kids whose families brought them here. And uh, this whole issue would have been resolved. And I think the president would be open to talking about something like that if it includes building some more miles. And by the way, it's also money to repair that 700 miles that we have. Out at San Diego, when I was out there spring a year ago, you can't imagine how torn up that fence is from people cutting through it. They take these big electric wire cutters, sheet metal cutters that are battery operated, and they cut a manhole size uh, hole in the wire and just crawl through it. And so it just looks like a quilt that's been patched so many times. So part of this construction money is actually replacing what we have with a better product. It's not really building that many new miles. It's making it more effective. Well, Congressman, one one last question for you, and that is what else is going on in Washington that we should know about? I mean, this is all we're hearing about is the whole thing with the wall. And look, we want the government back open. We want our federal employees paid. I spoke to air traffic controllers in Arkansas. I think it's really frustrating that our air traffic system is is held hostage by Pelosi and her annex. And I spoke to a, a wonderful woman at the federal court system in Little Rock who's been there for 32 years. She's an excellent longtime employee. She's never seen this happen before, and obviously she's frustrated. And our researchers, we have researchers and PhDs that work around the state of Arkansas. So I want to get the government back open, and that's why I think you only hear about this. Other issues I think that are important going on right now are, um, first, on the national security front, uh, Mike Pompeo just got back from a trip to the Middle East where he's working with our allies on how we can stage a reduction in force in Syria and not see Syria turned over to the Iranians or to ISIS or to both, or free Assad to kill more people. Mm -hmm. He's already up to a half a million He's murdered and five million people, refugees around the the world. So that's a big issue around that I'm very focused on. And it's concerning to me that if we pull out too precipitously, that we will turn uh, Syria over into really just a base camp to attack Israel by the Iranians. Okay. Well, I appreciate your time. We'll be talking to you again next week. Tomorrow we start our broadcast from the state capitol to uh, cover the 92nd General Assembly. We'll keep that up to date with you as well, and we look forward to talking to you next week at this same time. Thank you very much. Bye-bye now. All right, that's uh, Congressman Hill. He had a lot of things to talk about today and a lot of answers for us. We appreciate him making himself available. All right, let's uh, finish up this hour. My thanks to the uh, congressman. Again, he joins us now. We've 
worked to have been able to work out this uh, uh, ability to have him on with us every Wednesday at uh, 3.30. Now, if there's votes being taken, uh, you know, he may not be on, and he may be on a little early, he may be on a little a- uh, late, but he's going to be on with us every Wednesday, and we'll keep up with him here uh, on 101.1 FM. The answer, we're working on Congressman Westerman and uh, having him join us every other week, as well as Senator uh, Bozeman uh, will join us every other week as well. I'll let you know exactly when to expect them next week here on the the Dave Ellswick show again I uh, I mentioned during the time I was talking to the congressman that uh, we uh, will start tomorrow being at the uh, uh, the Capitol and doing our show live from there every Monday through Thursday and uh, keeping up with the work being done by our state representatives and uh, keeping you up to date on all the the topics that are happening there and being able to get the people who are the sponsors of the bills, co-sponsors, the head of the different parties, things of that nature, have them join us. Uh, Tomorrow in the uh, second hour of the show, we're going to have the gentleman who's behind the Lobby Up app and uh, give you some information about that, how you can put it on your phone and and make sure that you'll know about all the different bills uh, that have been filed and uh, we'll just keep up with them. Uh, Duck is going to be with us in the next hour. Uh, Joe can't make it uh, today. Uh, he will be back with us, though, next week. Uh, I mean, there's, it's been between illness and, and, and going out and taking his vacation. Uh, you know, it's been tough for him to get here. He'll be back with us next week here on uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. We got news coming up here in just a moment. Let's find out what's happening with that. We got five minutes of news coming up, and then Duck and I will get together. We'll talk a little bit about cars, take your questions, maybe give something away when we return on the Dave Ellswick Show. Well, during the break, I went down to the coffee room to get some fresh coffee, and I walked back, and who should appear but Boo, it's Joe. There he is. Joe's here. Good to have him here. And uh, we're waiting for uh, Duck to get here. He's making his way from over at the Capitol. He thought we were going to be at the Capitol today. We're going to be there next week. But, uh, yeah, we get everything. Yeah, this always happens when we start doing the broadcast about when we have to be where and at what time. But, anyway, well, good to see you again. We're creatures of habit, you know. We go back to the same place for the same thing every time. I mean, you've been you've yeah. been ill. You've had people who have been ill. Yeah. You, you went on vacation. Yeah. Are you glad to know that things are going good at the station uh, over at the the business oh, yeah. again? Every, everything's good there. Guys did a good job while I was gone. And, uh, you know, we had holidays. And then we had, uh, like I said, I was sick. And then one of the guys was sick. And then on vacation. So that's like four or five weeks just gone. So. I know. But it's good to see you. I'm you glad look to be a, here, you're looking right? like you're feeling good. How I'm was how right. was the cruise? It was okay. Uh Susan got the flu, I guess, uh oh. last Thursday and she still got it. Had to take her doctor yesterday. Oh so. man. I hate but, to hear that. She wasn't feeling too good the last two days of it. Ugh. Friday and Saturday. But. That's not it it is not fun to be stuck on a boat no. and be sick. Well, actually, the hardest part of that was going through the airports to get home Sunday. 
Oh, she got off the boat Sunday morning, and you know, yeah, yeah you got to get on the plane and do that. And then they had delays, and she was feeling bad. That oh, whole yeah, time. she was feeling bad. And then they kept delaying the plane. Then we got delayed in Atlanta, so we finally made it in that night. It was about nine o'clock, nine thirty, something like that. So. Yeah, I forget when it was. We went to uh, CPAC. And I was there with Curtis Coleman and Josh Mesker and some of the other mm-hmm. guys, and uh, I I got uh, got sick. I mean, I yeah. I got real sick. And there is nothing worse than to be sick and be stuck in an aluminum tube. Mm-hmm. And uh, they didn't bring me a little, the you know, the little you know barf bag. Yeah, they brought me one of those white garbage bags, yeah. so I could stick my head in it. Yeah. <laughs> It's not good. It wasn't good. <laughs> and then we had a layover in Midway, and I felt terrible there. And then when I got on, the lady looked at me, as stewardess looked at me, and she goes, you look like death warmed over. And I said, you have no idea. And I said, how can I have So you got any emodium? And she goes, you know what? We do. Huh? I took two of those, and I sat down, and they, they had a, a chair that was up front that did not have anybody sitting in it. They sent me there. I went right to sleep. Next thing I knew, she was shaking my shoulder saying, Mr. Ellswick, we're back at Little Rock. Mm -hmm. I felt better when we got here until I got home, Mm -hmm. and then it it caught caught up with me again. All right, so Duck's here now. So the gang's all here. We're ready to go. It's good to see everybody here. And by the way, I got to go out and get new wiper blades, Duck. We. We jinxed me when we talked about them last week. I knew they was bad to start with. They were they were doing good, and then all of a sudden I hexed them when I went out. Oh, did you? They started streaking on me. I hate that. I don't like streaks on my my windshields, and and especially when it's not really raining. It's just all the spray that you're getting from people. I don't like to. Oh, I didn't have that. It wasn't it wasn't doing that. It just literally let. Left two streaks on both sides, about well, two thirds up the the wiper blades. You know what happened, don't you? RD probably changed the map for you. Yeah, he may have put old <laughs> ones on just to be cantankerous. How's the truck me. running, Dave? Man, it's running great. Good. It's doing really well. It's in fact, I had been averaging about eighteen and a half miles to a gallon. It's up twenty-two miles to a yeah. gallon. That's a lot. Well, when you get an old engine with 300,000 miles on it almost, it gets a little tuckered out, don't it? Everything gets wore. And, well, yeah. it, it runs, and it's got a tongue hanging out like a dog with its tongue. Yeah, pain, you know? it really it – was, it was ready, as, as we know, because it died literally yes, on the side of the road. It I'm did. through. Yeah, I'm done. I can't do it anymore, Dave. I've tried. I've been your best friend. <laughs> now you're on your clank, own. Clank, 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 clank. Yeah. I mean, I'll never forget. I turned it over. Because it just died, and I thought, "Oh, well, I wonder what." And I turned it over, and it started. <laughs> I, I thought all I thought all the pistons were going to come out of it, and I just turned it off. I looked at Linda. You love this joke because you know how I, mm-hmm. I. I just looked there and I said, "That ain't good." <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, we got it there, and we took valve cover off of it, and and cranked it over, and uh, timing gear is turning, and the camshaft ain't, Doc. Hmm. Hmm. Not a good thing. No, it's it's right there behind it where it goes on the camshaft is broke. Yeah, he uh, yeah. Then it been all the valves. Well, yeah, and the first time it the minute it made one round, it did. Well, he he took it over. I took it over to RD and 
and they did a fantastic job and uh, i know that they did a fantastic job because duck has got a car that's over there my wife's yeah she's getting her denali fixed over there i Ooh. tried every way in the world to get her to buy something but it just didn't work out it's, it's i gotta tell you you know when he can go and find you a good engine it's that that thing you're sitting in it and now it just purrs like a cat you gotta like that you gotta, you gotta yes, like sir. that stay away from your wife i don't want you to get sick i'm trying to well i'm telling you <laughs> i don't want to get sick again either yeah well you you had that, that i took a flu you, shot this year so i think that's probably got a little something to do with it. Uh, i don't know i have no idea all i know is that i've seen you i've not seen you run a cold for four weeks like that before well i i think that you know some of that was uh i guess it just goes with age sometimes if you if you don't give yourself time to get over it and you go back too soon you know it just lingers with you and hangs in there. don't go away that's it and, and i think that's that's part of the deal there so. it's true it you probably know? is very 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 true about that i don't disagree with that uh at all but the stuff going around nowadays too dave is a whole lot worse than what we used to have when we was a kid though too yeah i think so i mean it you know uh it's just worse stuff than what we used to have when i was a kid but you know i've had bronchitis my whole life so i'm just accustomed to it so it don't really bother me hardly anymore wow my daughter just sent me a picture miss jennifer ellswick ninth mission support group civilian category one uh, uh, number one of the year cool how about that Mm -hmm. how's that for a picture that's great that's a great great trophy that looks very cool is that an eagle it's an eagle yeah that's cool holding the american flag under it i like that well darling if you listen good good job that's right fantastic we appreciate it i appreciate it number one's always best i'm always a i'm i'm proud of my my kids they do good stuff they do good jobs quarter after four so what are you guys running into now i mean uh, are there certain things that people are talking that they're having problems with i'm on my fifth dodge truck well one of them was a ford the other four's been dodges that they have put the def fluid in the diesel tank you talked about this last week you had a guy do it if i got another one this week if you do it do not crank it and drive it this guy this time drove it to quit not good it's a 2018 dodge again you're looking at 14 15 grand to fix it right you know and and you know and he he did it himself he can't blame it on nobody but himself you know so I, you know so if you do do it by accident it's okay don't drive call a record right then don't even start it don't even pull it away from the pump what are you gonna do are they gonna are they gonna just suck the fuel out no you have to pull the tank and clean it okay I got a picture coming to you. Oh, you ask okay. Me what I'm seeing a lot of. Yeah. I want you to look at that picture and make a comment. Okay. I do that. It's here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blow it up and look at it. I'm trying. What uh, do you see? It looks like you had a run-in with, with rodents. Look at that. Yeah. That white oh, stuff. That's the insulation out of an engine cover off a <laughs> off a Dodge they van. Are, they look are bad. I mean, they, look at real close. There's not a spark plug wire left on top of the distributor. There is yeah, every I'm one saying. of them off there. Somebody yeah. wrote that, sent me that question. Yeah. They said, "What can you do to keep them from eating it?" 
You can put poison out. That's the only thing. You put, can put something poison. in the vehicle is what you need to do, somewhere where they'll find it, and they'll smell it, and they'll go to it, and they'll leave it. But but they're creatures of habit, too, and if you don't do something, they'll be right back to that. Oh, yeah, they're, they're coming back. That, and on duck. top of that, all that stuff's made out of soybean oil. Yeah, I know. All the so covering. it smells good. Yeah. So, you know, and, it, and it's, it. they think it's soybeans when they start chewing on it. I got uh, wow. that truck, and I got another vehicle there, a late model Toyota come from a car dealership in uh, Cabot, C. Brockington. Uh-huh. He brought me one. He said, rats have ate the wires up all underneath the hood. Barely mm. runs, but we got it here. Mm. And it, it's grief. just uh, it's horrible, Dave. I've never seen nothing like it. It's like tenfold from what it is, was five years ago, isn't it, Doug? Oh, yeah. I had a Dodge truck back in the summer. The guy went on vacation, was gone, left on a Saturday and come back on a Sunday. Got up Monday morning, go to work, truck wouldn't crank. So he called me and said, hey, it's been setting a week. You know, something's happened. And he sends it over to the shop on the wrecker. I'll go out and raise the hood, me and Russell. And I look down, and he, they chewed the wires all the way down to the fuel injector and chewed the top off the fuel injector. Yeah, the plug-in, yeah. Yeah, that, you know, mm-hmm. he, his was about $1,400, $1,500 time I got yeah. through with it. It's just crazy. You know, and you see that, and you keep seeing it, and you keep seeing it, and you think, you know, I remember I've been doing this for 40-something years. It's like, it, it, it didn't you, you'd see it in the past, but... Occasionally. Occasionally. But, you know, if you take the cars and trucks that were built, like, less, uh, like 10 years ago and back, you'd occasionally see it. If they were built 20 years ago and back, the rats didn't mess with the wiring harnesses, no. did they? You may occasionally catch one yes, every once in a while. But not very many. But but nowadays, they're in. Well, here's the key. If they're you e- could go out there and find a 57 Chevrolet in somebody's field. field. Yeah, with trees it, growed up through it and raised the hood on it, and the wiring harness wouldn't be chewed up. Right, <laughs> not it's, today. It's not the way it is now. No. So, but, the, but so Joe, they've I don't tasted think, it. I don't think it's rats. I, th- I mean, it's rats too. But I think squirrels has a lot to do with it too. Well, I think in any kind of rodent, but yeah. you know, if if you if you look at some of the field rats we have around here, and I think it's got a lot to do with you know the pesticides that we don't have or can no more. use anymore. Yep. I think that and the fact that they're making the the wires with soybean products and well, the key is if they go and they get it for the first time, they're going. They're back. always coming back they're until going back you to kill the same them. Place they feed. Yeah, until you kill them, they're yeah. going to keep on coming back and eating it. Yeah, you can you can put a dog food bowl out and feed your dog for two years in the same spot. You move that bowl, you'll see him the first two or three days. He'll be standing over like, where'd my bowl go? Yeah. What happened? Somebody that's moved just, me. That's exactly like a rodent. They're going to go back to the same spot. They'll, they'll eat right beside where you fixed it last time. <laughs> I'm telling you. They oh, they're, they're terrible. I mean, they're and they'll chew up so much stuff, and they can get in little bitty holes, and how they can get in there and chew the wires up on it. And then you got to basically disassemble the car to get to it to repair it. All right. So you guys suggest that you put some, you know, poison around your car or whatever. Maybe preemptively keep them from getting in your car. If, if you got, you know, pets and stuff like that, you don't want it on the ground out there. But you know, and if you buy the good stuff, it's got to say it kills Norway rats on it because I don't know what a Norway rat is, but if it kill it, it kill anything. <laughs> Check his passport. <laughs> but now I tell you what, I seen underneath the hood one time. I, this older gentleman come in and he said we was going to do something to his truck and he said hey when you raise the hood don't think nothing about my pet snake on there so you know none of us want to raise the hood and so he went out there he had him a coiled up rubber snake underneath the hood he said that's how he kept him out and it worked yeah it works until they realize hey he can't move 
Right. Then they'll be back. But, you know, that's what he had on it at the time. Now, that's like when you put the owl up over your field. They figured that out for about the first they, – they get, they get away with maybe two times. And then after that, it's like, wow. He can't fly. He's not been moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can't fly. We got those, him. Little, those little, little boogers are not stupid. Oh, no. They can they figure come it out. right on back. You know, they ain't, they ain't scared of him after they realize he can't fly. Yeah. That's All a fact. Right. All right, let's get a break in. Joe's here. Duck is here. We're all back together. It's been a while since we've been uh, – the whole crew has been here. If you got a question, 823-0965. If you got a question about your car, 823-0965. These guys will answer it. When we come back, I want to tell you a little bit about Bumper to Bumper as well here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so – we brought up an animal, guys, and you know what happens when we bring up animals. We end up getting calls about Everybody. those animals. And so Jimmy is in Cabot, and he wants to talk about rats. Jimmy, are the, do the rats attack the, uh, you know, your, your stingrays and stuff there worse than any place else? <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they go after the wiring, and you uh, you start eating that wiring, and it's, it makes it almost impossible to to get it fixed. I mean, it's terrible. So, what uh, we've all done is uh, we take um, uh, dryer sheets, just cheap dryer sheets, and place it all over the engine compartment where the electrical wiring is, and uh, then around the the tires and the wheels. And also, we'll put a couple on the inside. You don't have to buy the expensive stuff, just buy the cheap stuff and put in there. And then we'll take and put uh, a couple of those bags of mothballs and stick them just on the floor <laughs> underneath the vehicle. And that keeps them away for us. Okay. Well, I've heard of, I've heard of several things. You know, I had a guy that used to work for me, and uh, he was from Europe. And he said what they did over there in Europe was that they would uh, go to the barber shop and collect uh, hair cuttings. Hair cuttings. And put the little, uh, they would take uh, uh, like a stocking foot of a stocking foot and put the haircut clippings in there and tie it up and put that underneath the hood and the, and the rodents would smell it and it smell like a human under there and they'd stay away. So there, there are several things you can do, but, you know, as far as, you know, not having to do a whole lot, if you buy the right poison, put the poison under the hood, it works pretty good. Yes, but, sir. Well, I sure right. appreciate your input on yeah. that very much. Thanks for the call, Jimmy. How's things going at the airport? Yeah. It's uh, getting kind of chilly. Uh, hopefully, it will stay away, but uh, we're looking at getting really cold this this weekend. Yeah. All right. Well, stay warm. Tell your son I said hi, and uh, call back in once in a while. I sure will. And uh, just to let you know, he's in uh, uh, Liberty University going through flight training. Very cool. Cool. Very cool. Thanks, Jimmy, for Thank calling. You. We appreciate you. Great guy. Used to come to all of my classic movies with his son. Yeah. And I got to know them really, really well. And, uh, uh, yeah, his son is at Liberty University, which is out in, what, Virginia, I think, is where Liberty is at. Mm-hmm. So out on the East Coast somewhere. So, uh, but you good know, luck the dryer sheets is a pretty good idea. That they is. all got a smell to Well, them. I liked what Joe said because it makes sense. Yeah. If you can put the smell of humans in there, they don't want nothing to do with it. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know how long that lasts or how often you have to repeat that. But, you know, uh, as far as the dryer sheets, you know, that, that's uh, I've heard of that before. Uh, I, I guess it depends on what what's convenient for you and, and easy, and what kind of vehicle you drive, and where you put that stuff at. You know, I'm just saying, you know, sports clips and plenty hair, pro oh, cuts, yeah. and all those places they could 
make a little extra money that way. Well, you can go in there at night when your wife's asleep and get you a big lock of that hair. And uh, there you go. Yeah. What happened to my hair? I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> Maybe it was the rats. You wait till you go to sleep tonight. I'm going to show you what happened. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. You're you might end up, you might end up missing Nelson. something by morning time, too. You yeah. Know? You get a bobbit. Yeah. You don't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. You don't want that to be happening. All right, we got uh, news coming up here in about 60 seconds. 8230965. 8230965. You know, we're open to hearing what other people are doing yeah. to keep the rodents out from underneath their, uh, you know, their cars. If you if you park close to a field, you're going to have this problem. Dave, you'll be surprised mm-hmm. how many houses in the United States burn up because a mouse or a squirrel has got into the roof and chewed a warren up in the attic. Yeah. Squirrels are bad for that. I mean, but then, but they're just as bad as everything else. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, we got another caller coming in right now. Uh, what do we got to give away? We give them a wet and dry vac away. That'd be fine. Okay, we got a wet and dry vac. We'll give that away in the next half hour. So be listening to call in to win. The number to call is simple one eight two three zero nine six five eight two three zero nine six five. Call us with your way that you keep the rodents out and underneath your hood of your car or if you've had a problem you can call in and talk to joe or duck and uh, they'll help you uh surmount that problem <laughs> i'll just let you know that right now and randy is going to be our next caller when we come back here on the dave ellswick show all right back with you let's go talk to randy and mall mel randy how you doing welcome to the dave ellswick show Hey guys, enjoy the show. Um, on your topic there, I used to work for a plastics company, and one of the, uh, in their efforts to make plastics cheaper, one of the ingredients they were using was animal fat. And that is likely what the rats and stuff are going for. We saw that at the company I worked for on the, the plastics that would come in the big rolls when they were, uh, had the animal fat that they tend to chew on it. Really? Um, yeah. I do also know that one of the ingredients they put in better, higher quality bird seed to keep uh, rats and mice out of that bird seed is capsaicin, which is the hot pepper uh, yeah. derivative. Right. Um, on my 2010 Toyota, rats did get to it and got my my uh, my wiring. Um, oh. But uh, but I do have another question about my my Toyota. Uh, Tacoma. Well, since you gave us all that great information, we will let you ask a question now. Uh, okay. I love my tel- <laughs> tel- uh, Tacoma. Yes, sir. But the fan motor, the resistor for the fan blower, yeah, that has got to be the most I have replaced it probably four or five times, and other folks I talked to say they have the same issue. What's the mileage on this vehicle? Uh, it's, about 100, it's got about 95,000. What year is it again? 2010. Well, I'm going to tell you, most of the time when you have a resistor failure after resistor failure, needs a motor in it. Blower motor's drawing too many amps. Okay. And the way to check that is when that thing running, put an amp clamp on it, see what it's pulling. Yeah. Because the resistor basically is is a is a uh, a grounder. The the if you put it on low, it's a weak ground. You put it on medium high, it's a little bit more ground. When you put it on high, it's direct 12 volts. Yeah. And it's right. a solid ground to it. That's how you control your speeds. Now, those well, resistors will burn up if if the blower motor's drawing too many amps and they get too hot because they put that resistor in the case so the air blows across it to keep it cool. 
Well, every time it goes out, the it will stay. You can turn it on high. You get fan at high, but none of the other three speeds are, yes. you know, will work. That's your resistor. It's bad. Yeah, because see, when it goes on high, it goes. It don't go through the resistor no more. It's got a twelve volt relay on. It. Boom! It kicks it up, and it's running on twelve volts. Yeah, direct twelve gotcha. volt current with a solid ground. And if you put on any other speed, you reduce the ground to it. It's still got twelve volts going to it, but you're just reducing yeah. the ground. That slows the blower motor down. But I'd lay you odd. You need you need a motor yes. put in it. And you know, I know everybody reads that on the internet and everything, but I guarantee you, if if you check the spec on that motor and you can look that up, okay, what it's supposed to be drawing. And if you put amp clamp on, it'll be right at the maximum amount or slightly over, and that'll burn the resistor. Yeah, every time. Yep. Guys, thank you. I'll, t- I'll do that. All right. All right, Randy. Thank, thank you, you, Randy. And thank you for uh, the, the information dealing yeah. with the uh, using uh, animal fat. And, and Joe, yeah. you sp- speaking of, you know, of the resistor burning up, yeah. what does it take, for instance, an international tractor like a 96i, yeah. which is a road tractor running down the road? They have the same identical problem, but on them – it burns the plug up on it. Oh yeah, well, it's drawing so many, so it, many. It'll get the plugs so hot it yeah, melts it. Just melts it in two, <clears throat> and then in order to repair that, you spend about nine hundred dollars for parts. Time you buy the motor, buy the resistor, and the warrant harness go along with it. Man, why would anybody want to? It's drive a common it? issue. I'm shock. Yeah, I'm just telling you. A common issue with some of the GM products years ago was the same thing. The resistor would burn up. When it burned up, it would uh, melt the plug-ins. You end up buying the pigtail, the resistor, yeah. and a lot of times the pigtail cost more than the resistor did. Yeah. Resistor about 40 50 bucks, and pigtail $90. Yeah, same way on a headlight switch on the, on the older, you yeah. know, like the 01, 02, 03 Chevrolet <laughs> trucks. You know, they they draw too much amp, and they had two smaller of a wires in there, and it burned the plug up on it. Yeah. If you come in with no headlights and no taillights, you can pretty well... It's going to be a headlight switch and a plug-in. Yep. And, you know... And, and the replacement plug-in, the pigtail lead was about six, eight inches long. And those wires were heavier right there than the original one you took yeah. out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that was their repair for it. They, they, uh, yeah. you know, they busted them up a little bit to, yeah. to make them draw enough current through them. But if the resistor ever goes bad, you can... If, if you put, to put a resistor in it, you just will put a motor in it. Yes. Nice. Eight two three zero nine six five. The number to get a hold of Joe and Duck here on the Dave Ellswick Show. You got a question about your car? You got something that's going on? You've you've heard about things and you're wondering, does it affect my car? They'll be happy to answer that question for you. And Duck, when we were talking earlier, you were talking about problems that you've been having with some trucks, and uh, I'll let you take over from that again. But the, most of that problem is, though, Dave, it's people okay because they put the tank the df tank in the same spot they put the fuel nozzle in mm-hmm. it's very easy to do because the fuel nozzle will go into the diesel tank but the diesel tank won't go into the def tank and so people were you know this guy put eight gallons in there and then cranked it and drove it to it quit going home well i know you told me the week before last week you said there was a guy who did that same thing how much did you say it cost to fix it yeah, and if it's a, this is a twenty eighteen again, somewhere in the fourteen fifteen thousand dollar range. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, Dave, I, you know the what? I don't have 19, that in my checking account. Right the truck's now. got nineteen thousand <laughs> miles on it. Oh man! Wow. You know, uh, you know so that, that that that's a crying shame for that to happen to somebody. But you know, it's more commonplace than what you think. You know, it's real common. You yeah. know, somebody's in a hurry. Yeah, you <laughs> jump out. You know. You know, someone that drives a truck every day, you know, and they do it, 
they just wasn't thinking you know i have people hey my wife filled it up you know i can understand that because she don't drive it every day right right you know but someone that drives it every day you're just not thinking you just you jump out grab the hose stick it in autopilot yeah then you think, oh, yeah, no. Yeah, that or on the phone while you're doing that. Yeah. Yep. That's probably a you know, good Swiping the car, not paying attention, talking on the phone, filling the truck up. But an, another thing. Tank. Yeah. Another thing that I learned this, and I, well, I learned it about, about a month ago. If you own a Dodge pickup, it's got a 5.9 a or a 6.7 Cummins in it, and you have had water pump failure and it's less than 10 years old, they will reimburse you your money now. Well, that's good. I think about 99% of them failed. <laughs> Regular. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. All the time. I had one guy come in the other day, and we put a water pump on it. And I said, and by the way, take this ticket and go to Dodge. They'll reimburse you. Yeah. He said, no, they want us out of warranty. I said, no, this is a – it's not really a recall. If you come in there with everything, they will take care of you. All right. Let's go to North Little Rock. Mark's there. Got a, a 2010 GMC Cam. Is it a Cammy? So what you got? Canyon. Canyon. Oh, Canyon. Okay, so what's going yeah. down? Um, my dome light will not come on when I open up the driver's side door. It will with, when you open up the passenger side door, and I put a new door jam switch on it, which I assumed was a problem, but that didn't fix it. And, you know, the radio is supposed to go off when you open up the door, too. It, it The radio doesn't go off either. Well, those switches. It all, it, all it, it, it works on the passenger side. It, it, yeah. The light comes on and the, and the radio will go off if you're yeah. on the passenger side, but not the driver's side door. All right, and this door jam switch on the 2010 Canyon, uh, you put it in the one in the latch? No, it's down on the down near the bottom of the door on the. Uh, wrong one. Uh, yep. Uh, need, wrong you, one. Is, you, is, there, is, there enough, is there more than one? <laughs> you need one out that's made into the latch. I think it's in the latch on that one. The one oh, it's in the latch. There's a micro switch in the latch. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. Now, you can, <laughs> uh, what we do on some of those, even some of the forge and stuff, that they'll get nasty and dirty and, and they don't make or break. And we'll spray penetrating oil in there and open and close that door a little bit and spray it up in there so it's really really in there good i've, I've mm-hmm. used brake cleaner and yeah, then just, go back and lubricate it yeah either one and and, and you know you play uh you spray some uh, seafoam uh, penetrating up stuff up in there but i would do that and then if that don't work you're ending up buying that latch what you end up buying yeah just open and close the door pretty hard you know three or four hard times that mm-hmm. you get it clean uh, good and okay. see if it see if it don't come unstuck yeah now what what kind of what kind of oil uh what we use is a uh, uh, seafoam penetrating oil they, penetrate yeah, okay. it, it won't hurt the electronics or nothing. It's it's good stuff. In yeah, duct. yeah, and, and like I say, just clean it good, then open and and you know shut the door pretty hard a few times and mm-hmm. see if that don't make it unstick. Now, if you had okay. a scan tool, you could hook a scan tool up to that, and you could watch that switch work. Yeah, you can watch the door open and close. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, I'll try that then. I didn't know there was a second switch on it. Yes, sir. All right. That's why okay, you called these you. guys. We appreciate your call. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. We got a, a, a wet and dry vac. Is that what you're telling me? Yep. One of the small ones. We'll give them five yep. gallon, gallon bucket as well. Yep. All right. Be the third caller. 823-0965. 823-0965 here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And, uh, if you want a, a wet and dry vac, a portable one, this one's good uh, for you. Third caller. Third caller, Russ, as far as that goes. Don't forget about PI Roofing and Home Solutions. They're now the owners of Tommy's Gutter Cleaning Services. And if you've been using Tommy's, rest assured, PI Roofing is going to give you the great 
highest quality gutter cleaning services at a great value to you. Plus, you get the high quality uh, comprehensive roofing they do and home repair expertise as well. All you got to do is go to piroofing.com. All right, back to the phones we go. Chris is at Hot Springs. He's the winner of the uh, Wet and Dry Vac. Chris, can you always use a Wet and Dry Vac? Oh, yes, sir, always. All right. I've got kids and grandkids. There's always something going on. <laughs> well, you know, once you get this Wet and Dry Vac, your wife's not going to let you drive around with the carpet dirty in that vehicle no more. Because <laughs> you ain't got no excuse not well, to vacuum that- it. Who says she has to know about it, sir? Uh, okay. Well, if she's listening to radio, she knows. Yeah. <laughs> we'll tell her what we want her to know, won't we? Yes, sir. Well, congratulations. Right. What kind of car you drive? Uh, well, I drive from Hot Springs to Camp Robinson every day in a 2007 Camry. Yeah, good but job. My vehicle, my, my vehicle is a 2014 Jeep. Okay. Uh, first brand new vehicle ever bought, so I really like it. Well, good. Can't hey. drive, can't drive it back and forth. Too much gas. Yeah, then <laughs> you don't want to put the miles on that one, you know. All right. Well, we appreciate yes, you calling in to win, and uh, so, hope that you uh, get that to real well. Go ahead, Duck. You need to go. I'm sure you're familiar with Benton since you come that way. Stop by uh, Evans Evans uh, Auto Parts there in Benton. It's right off Military. Uh, go ahead and see Dickie and take your uh, copy of driver license and or take your driver license and he'll take care of you. Will do. Thank it's four zero. It's four zero eight Watson Street. Four zero eight Watson. Yes, sir. You got it. Yes, sir. Thank you. Right, Have we'll a wonderful talk day. To you later. Now we're going to move on to Steve. Steve is in North Little Rock. Steve, you got a problem? Is that right? Hey, yes. Hey, uh, you know the blower speed deal. Uh, yeah. I've had that before where the high didn't work but now i've got i've got a vehicle that's the opposite um it, it uh yes, the high sir. speed doesn't work but the, all the other ones do most it's it, the opposite. yeah it's gonna have a it's mo- most likely it's a relay or a switch problem when high doesn't work yep yeah i've seen whereas uh there's a like a high speed yes or relay switch, yes sir but um i try i check i mean i changed it out the relay and it okay didn't well, help it the only other thing you'll have going on there is the control for that relay, which is in the switch itself. Yep. Oh. Yep. Control for the relay that's in the switch itself. Yes, sir. Okay. Once you put that on high, it turns that relay on, turns the okay. resistor off. You move it off mm-hmm. high, go down to a lower speed, mm-hmm. it turns the relay off and turns the resistor on, okay. whatever you selected at. So it, it's right. going to be the relay or the switch, and, and a lot of times you'll pull that switch out of there, even on the back side of it. You can uh-huh. look at that plug-in and make sure that it's not been hot and melted, too, okay? Right, right. Okay, right. then. I'll try thank, it. Thank, thank you. Right. Appreciate you. your call. Thank you yeah. very much. 823-0965. If you call right now, we've got time for you. If you've got a problem, uh, until then, we can talk real quickly about bumper-to-bumper here. That's Duck's favorite place and mine, too. Yeah, it, you got it. I mean, they're good people. They take good care of me and Joe. And along with all the certified centers, they take care of all of us. I mean, they're just great people. Yeah, because if they're taking care of you uh, or taking care of these two guys, they're taking care of you as well. What we got is quality parts, quality price, and the best service you can get. Availability. And availability. That's it right there. 
right. bumper Think to bumper, that. and that's the three, four items we love about them, right, Doug? Yeah, and and another thing too, Doug, uh, Joe, the, uh, the people are just great people over there. Oh, absolutely. You know, from Jerry to James to you know to Mister Fletcher to Crow, you know, and and even the people that deal with them are just great people. You know, you got Connor with, you know, with Standard. I mean, you know, they're just all great people. Yep. Good quality products. We like it. And when we say standard, we're not talking gas. No. No. Just so you know, they make standard parts. parts. That's right. They make parts, and they make them well. Yes, sir. All right, so keep that in mind. When you go to see a uh, bumper-to-bumper certified service center, they're going to use bumper-to-bumper parts, two-year, 24,000-mile warranty, or three years, 36,000 if you use their credit card. Yes, sir. That's correct. So that's a good deal. That is really a good deal. So, David, well, we've got a minute. Let's talk about fuel filters. Uh, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to talk to somebody on the phone first. Okay, let's go. Okay. <laughs> we've got uh, Laura, who's from BB. So let's talk to Laura. Laura, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. What's your question? I have a 06 Honda CRV, and my emissions light is started coming on. How many miles on that, Laura? Um, about 240. Yeah, it's it's uh it it's going to be an issue with probably a CAD efficiency code or a O2 sensor. With that many miles on it, for us to give you an answer about that, we're going to have to have a scanner on it, aren't we? Yeah, we're going to have to look at it. Yeah, but okay. the, the list could go. I mean, you could be an O2. It could be a mass airflow. It could be a, a thermostat and a coolant temp not coming up. What the mission light's coming on for is to tell you that it's detected a, a high amount of unburned fuel in the yes. exhaust okay it's, it's running right, lean in other words that at joe's shop yeah yes joe okay. will do it yes, he'll ma'am. take good care oh. of you yeah he did my husband's truck a while back so how do we do it. perfect amazing price was amazing well thank you i appreciate that all right well we appreciate right, you calling you. in we'll let yeah. you go thank you much thank you yeah, that's one of those things. Since it's fuel, you guys got to know. Yeah, you got you got to scan it and look at it. They know the way where it's coming well, from. Well, a lot of times you you'll have one with the high mileage like that, Dave, and it's kind of like, all right, what is it? It could be you know a slightly low compression on one cylinder or an injector sticking and dribbling fuel. Or it, there's a multitude of stuff it can be. Absolutely, and and so it's hard to determine that without seeing. All right, it. we got three minutes. This will be a last caller, and it's. Alan from Argenta. Alan, how are you? Doing great. How are you guys doing today? We're Wonderful. doing fantastic. Let's get right to your question. We're running out of time. Go. What's your question? Oops, sorry. Got a 2015 Forerunner, and it uh, shimmies every time I break. I, I imagine the rotors are warped. Uh, yes, sir. How, how hard is that to get those uh, taken care of? How many miles on this? What's the mileage? Uh, mileage is 120. Okay. Hey, hey, I, we don't recommend machining them, replacing no. them. They, they've got cheap enough now you can put them on there. And, you know, uh, a lot of times it's 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 how you drive it. depends on how well that happens. Now, I will tell you that most of those uh, are composite rotors, which means they slip on. So if somebody's rotated the tires or put tires on it and they didn't tighten them up properly, that can cause it to warp the rotors too, can it? Exactly. So wherever okay. you take it to, make sure that if they're doing any tire service on it or having the wheels on and off, make sure that they use a torque wrench on those wheels. Okay? Yes. And okay. far as putting them on, they're no problem to put on. No. You don't have any trouble. 
Is that something I got to go over to uh, bumper to bumper? I would buy them from bumper to bumper. If if you buy them from then, you can buy what they call a, a, a brake a front brake kit, which comes with rotors and pads, and they're kind of a set, and they go together. Yes, you sir. can get them in, uh, you know, the semi-metallic. You can get them in ultra-quiet, whatever you want, and, and, and it's really a good package. It's what we sell, isn't it, Doug? Yes. It's a good deal. Okay. I've heard that there's been problems where if you, your wheels are hot, you go through like a big puddle of water, it causes them to warp. I, I, I don't well it could be but i don't think that's your issue with no. that truck right there okay i think right. it's an age thing and it's probably uh the rotors are probably getting they got thin. some grooves in them they're a little bit thin and most likely right. that uh you know if you replace the rotors and pads on it and you, you should be good to go then yes shouldn't have no problem right. yeah be sure if you put right. new rotors on make sure you put new pads on okay Yes, sir. Thank you. All Thank right. you. Thank you. Thanks for your call. Appreciate you taking part in the Dave Ellswick so, show. So, Dave, before we get off, okay, go. I had one of my customers come the other day with a with a fuel filter. He said, "Why is this fuel filter nineteen dollars and the one that you put on my truck is sixty? Mm-hmm. I said, "So let me explain this to you. The one you have in your hand is a hundred and twenty micron filter. I said it's the size of an ink pen where the stuff goes to." The one I see is a two micron filter, the size of a needle. And I pull my my pen out that I, you know, I give myself a shot with. I said, "Now, which one do you want the sand to go through? All diesel fuel has sand in it." And he said, "So you're telling me that I need this filter instead of this filter?" I said, "Yes, sir, because the cheap filter is going to cost you a four or five thousand dollar set of injectors, where the high dollar filter is going to make them last a whole lot longer." It keeps the debris out of yeah. there from getting in there and messing up the panels. And tearing everything up. Yeah. And I, it took me about 30 minutes to explain that to him. And I finally and I, I said, do you understand why I put that filter on there? He said, yeah, I understand now. I'm okay. cool with it. So, okay. All right. That's going to wrap it up. Thank Doug you, Dave. and And uh, Joe here at the same time. No wonder, amazing, the phone, no wonder the phones went nuts today. You guys are both here. He'll be back with us next week, and we'll be sitting in the capital talking to him are you sure i'm positive come and see us. i'll try not to forget all right, all right. we'll see y'all we'll uh, have uh, robert steinbach with us here in the next hour here on the dave ellswick show stick around we got some interesting things to talk about and we'll do that when we return after the news all right let's get it underway final hour here on the uh the dave ellswick show peter max is who i was trying to think that's of. it that's we were sitting here talking about art and i'm a big iconic i like a lot of art and i'm big peter max fan uh i remember going out to vegas several years ago and they've got a a peter max place you can go and buy the art or or let shall i put it this way some people can buy the art (laughs) i can't and there was some they had some of the great uh, pictures of that peter max had done with the Beatles and stuff. And, uh, you know, if you want to drop $30,000, yeah, no big deal. You don't have that laying around? I don't have that in my my, my checking account or my savings account. <laughs> I'm just saying. Maybe combined. I love that because it's so bright. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, I liked him and Warhol. I liked all that kind of stuff. I thought they were great. They made, uh, they changed art. They changed art. That's they right. made people look at art not as it had to be something, um, I don't know. Stuffy. Yeah, kind of. Right? Yeah, something that was they modernized old. It. Yeah, they they did. They modernized it. I mean, think about that about Warhol when he took and he started doing soup cans. That's right. 
Think about that. He That's did, amazing. He did the Brillo box. They yeah. did a documentary on that. I, mean, I don't know if you saw it on um, Netflix. And he repainted basically the cover of a Brillo box on a bigger box. And he made several of them. And they're worth an enormous amount of money. Yes, now. they are. Yeah. They really are. But I'm big Peter Max fan. Um, Warhol, I liked him in the fact the whole the whole history of the factory and all of that stuff is of interest to me because of how many cultural icons went through there. But Max is just amazing to me because of the color, the way he used color. And he was the guy who brought the, the whole term op art to our our vernacular. So kind of kind of cool stuff. All right. Absolutely. So with that, see that's that's the thing a lot of people don't know about me, man. I, I'm I'm big into culture. I mean, I love movies, but I like uh, I like art too. I like go look at that stuff that they hang on the walls. One of my my wife is not. And uh, whenever I take her back to Chicago, where I grew up outside of, one of the places I like to go is the Chicago Art Museum. Just a great place. And she goes, do we have to? <laughs> That's fine. Because I'm one of those guys that sits down on the little benches and, and just stand, sits and stares at pictures sometimes. Now, the guy from France, I know I'm... I don't want to waste our time together, Robert. But Not the at guy all. from France that I forget what the technique is called that did all of his pictures just using the dots. Some people call it pointillism, and uh-huh. then the more sort of specific term really is divisionism. Okay, so yeah. he did that great yeah. picture in, in the Paris. Park. Yeah, in yeah, Paris in the park. Yeah. Um, was it, I think Seurat. Was it Seurat? I'm not Un- sure. yeah. You know, they got that. The original is in. Chicago. Is that right? And yeah. you can sit there and think it's huge. Right. And every time I go look at it, all I can think of is how did he not go blind? Right. Or crazy. Yeah. Doing that. Right. It was right. just an amazing painting. It really is an amazing. I've been to the Guggenheim in New York. I, I'm big on that stuff. I don't, don't ask me to explain what it's all about and what the artist is trying to say. I don't know. That I don't, you don't care. Have to. And you don't I have go to. if it if it gets my attention and I think it's cool and I like to look at it and I enjoy it. I think that's what the artist was doing it for. Absolutely, and you know we have some wonderful art here in in Arkansas. It's really true. You know the the, the you were mentioning off the air the the museum. Yeah, you want to mention that one again? Well, yeah, the, yeah. Well, you got the Little Rock Art Museum, right. and now you got you know Crystal, Crystal Bridges, Bridges up in Northwest, right. and I've gone to that several times, and right. they've got an original um, up there. From um, oh, what's his name that uh, did the big pictures and used all the different mediums and squirted things all over the the canvas and stuff. And I yeah. I can't think of his name right now. It's just they made a movie about him. Um, and I'm John Deering painted uh, a huge picture from my living room that hang, you saw it hangs over my it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Uh, over uh, my uh, fireplace. That's right, and. Uh, he said, I, I thanked him for it. It took him over a year wow. to do it. Wow. And I was talking to John, and I said, I just wanted to thank you for that. It was it's absolutely unbelievable. And uh, he says, no, thank you, because I've never worked that many different forms of uh, you know, acrylic and this right. and that and all together the way that he did. And he said, that it was so much fun. I had a great time. So anyway... Enough of that. That's good. Uh, good things happening yeah. today uh, at the uh, the first really working day for the uh, 92nd General Assembly. 
Uh, I'll be there tomorrow. JR will be on with me. Um, I'm hoping I'm going to send him a message tonight, see if the governor will come by and talk a little bit about what he's trying to do, and we can uh, we can talk about that. But uh, we've got the guy coming on that put together the uh, app that you can use on your um, you know your your uh, cell phone uh, that lets you see all the bills that are being filed. Right. So you can keep up on it, and it's a great thing to have. They've had it for iPhone. Now they've got it as well. Uh, for the Samsungs and all of that stuff. So uh, it's good stuff, and he's going to talk about it And as they were figuring it out, what they wanted to do. Now, here's the other thing that's good. Senator Kim Hammer. I can call him Senator now. I don't have to Officially. call him Senator-elect because, let me tell you, he was just adamant about that. He got mad at me if I wouldn't say Senator-elect. I called him Senator. You know, but he's Senator, <laughs> Senator Hammer. And he filed a piece of legislation today. Was it the first thing that he filed? Is I that think true? it may have been the first bill. Okay, and this that's is right. what's exciting, because that's exciting for him, all that's right? right. And right. I'm glad he did it. But it's the piece of legislation that I got from the uh, Republican in Minnesota to fight back against all of these anti-free speech people that are on our college's campuses yeah, the now. Leftists. We we'll call them leftists. Yeah, and we went after, and, and we're going after them. And uh, uh, Robert brought the bill with him. Just, just give people a, kind of a feel for what's in this piece of legislation. Uh, absolutely. And, and Dave, let's uh, let me tell your audience what this bill really is. This is the Dave Ellswick free speech on campus bill. Why do I say that? Because you're the one that got this whole movement going here, uh, and I know it. You know it. Kim Hammer knows it and would say it in a heartbeat. Uh, everybody would say it. So uh, first and foremost, thanks to Dave Ellswick at the vanguard of free speech. And that's that's critical for the citizens of Arkansas. Of America. And America. That's right. I mean, seriously, I, I think, and you feel the same way, yes. that if we make this into law in this state, other states are going to be emboldened by it, and they're going to do it as well. This will be, this is already the most free speech on campus bill that I'm aware of anywhere in this country. That's how good it is. And we should be at the vanguard. We're at the vanguard on the Freedom of Information yep. Act, right? We uh, People uh, look down too often on Arkansas, and we have a lot to offer here. And I've said it time and time again on your show, Dave, about how we are on the leading edge when it comes to transparency due to the Freedom of Information Act, a Republican law, by the way, from 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. This would be another Republican law about freedom on campus, pushing back the awful influence of the leftists who are trying to shut down speech and shut down thinking on campuses while you and your audience members are sending their kids and their hard-earned dollars to these leftists to indoctrinate our children. Yeah, it's the truth. That's right. You don't... Uh, it's one of the things that I, I love about Robert. He gets passionate when it comes to things like speech and transparency in government. That's it. I, I am tired of the mealy-mouthed bureau hacks using doublespeak and newspeak to tell us that we're not able to think, we're not able to talk, we're not able to see, we're not able to do, they know better, they're going to protect us. The, the time has come that we say, enough, back off. Yeah. And this bill 
by the great Senator Hammer. His first bill in this legislative session, his first bill as an Arkansas senator, state senator, will plow the ground for freedom of speech on campuses. You know the ASU case. You oh, know yeah. that this this student, uh, Ashlyn Hogarth. That really put, put me yeah, over the edge. Right? She goes and she goes with a, with a member of the... Um, a T, what's it, TS, a TPUSA, yeah. a Turning Point. Yeah. Turning Point USA, they go and they want to set up a, a table on campus, on open ground. Yeah. Where people can walk with plenty of space. We're not talking in the, in the hallway of a, of a bathroom. We're talking outside <laughs> with plenty of space. And some bureaucrat comes walking out and says, Do you have a permit? A permit? A permit for free speech? On a public campus? And they tell Ashland, well, this is private property. It belongs to the state. Have you ever heard such rubbish? No. Yeah, private property belongs to the state. Who's the state, Dave? You know it. It's us. Yeah, that's that's the people we, of this, of this uh, state. The You're people. Exactly right. That's it. And they tell her, sorry, private You're property. You're not welcome. You're not welcome. So what does she do? Because... She is a law-abiding citizen. She says, okay. Okay. She packs up her stuff. She gets in touch with some folks, and guess what they do? They file a lawsuit in federal court to say... Rightly so. That's right. So just by the way, before people start saying, well, we're a little too litigious, that means, you know, we sue too much. You know, the alternatives, the alternative is, if we don't sue for stuff like this... They take your freedom. They away. take your freedom away. They take it away. Big government takes away your freedom. That's what big government does. Thank goodness that we have a court system that from time to time will push back on that. Don't get me wrong. The court system favors government as a general matter. Oh, yeah. But then we have good judges and good decisions from time to time, and they push back on these constant encroachments on your freedom by government actors, by government bureaucrats. That's what's going on here. Yeah, I agree. So, so Kim, Kim Hammer introduced a bill that should, to all of us, be common sense. Yes, that's the key. It, for the average Arkansan, in fact, the average American, if they heard... What this keeps colleges from doing, you'd say, they're doing that? Yes, they are doing that. And what's worse is that they're doing it to conservatives much more and much more actively than they are to leftists. Absolutely. That's As a corollary to this whole story is it's not that there's equal suppression of speech on campus by overlord bureau hacks who want to tell people not to talk there's su- suppression of conservative speech ashlyn hogarth is a conservative she was uh, uh distributing material with conservative ideas mm-hmm. yep that's exactly right that's that, that that's that's the 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 the, the basic transparent truth of it and and let me just tell you what asu knows they screwed up they they know they went too far and they went too far with me i'm not saying that i'm the only guy that understood this it just really ticked me off 
because you don't go to college to be told what to think. You go to college to learn how to think. Exactly. Exactly. You should welcome ideas, as I do in my classes, by the way, that disagree with me. I tell people, disagree with me. I don't need to hear an echo chamber. Yeah. But you better have something to back it up. You better have some reasoning to back it up. Okay, so stay with us, because I want you to hear some of the things that this directly will go fly against the face of. And you're going, we're going to find out. Who is for free speech? That's right. And who's against free speech? We're making speech. a list, and we're checking it twice, Dave. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, and and if you vote against this, you don't deserve to hold the office that you have. Start looking for a primary uh, um, opponent, because right. we're going to be supporting them. Yeah. 521, take a break. Be back with more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Gallon. That's, that's what happens when you put a, a motor in that's got... A, a, a new life in it instead of an old life it doesn't have three hundred thousand miles on it like my other engine did and it's working fantastically got the warranty on it you can do this as well all you got to do is call them save some money save a car payment that's the, the key why buy a new car that it's going to cost you six seven eight sometimes over a thousand dollars a month to drive nine eight two seventy four fifty one Keep the car you got. Save some money. 982-7451. That's Sunny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. All right. Robert Steinbach is here. His opinions are his and his alone and not necessarily those of the uh, uh, UA of Little Rock or the uh, Bowen School of Law. And with that said... Here is this law. What what's the number of it? Oh yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's. Uh, let's see. Is it on here? No, I got it here. Oh, SB one. Um, bear with me. Uh, this bill that uh, Kim Hammer uh, just introduced. Uh, by the way, Dave, as I as I look up the number mm-hmm. here, um, is th- it's at the leading edge of what we're doing. Uh, of what we're trying to accomplish across this country. SB 118. Here's what's SB key. SB 118. You, any of us in a consort with a, an elected official can have the same That's type right. of impact. That's right. That's you know, right. what are you, what, what, what is your passion? I mean, is it that your, your kid can uh, be able to wear whatever clothes he wants to when he goes to school or whatever? I mean, it can be anything. Right. I just pulled that out of, my, out of my hat. Okay, right. so. Let's tell everybody yeah. what this does. Yeah, we're going to go through a, a list of things. We got that, two minutes, okay. and then we'll, we'll and have we'll more next course. half hour. Uh, you've heard all these schools are disinviting people because not because of what the person's going to say, but some crackpot says, "Well, if you invite Ann Coulter, I'm going to burn down the building." Oh well, we we, we can't invite Ann Coulter then. Says the leftist university, looking for an excuse. Yes, that's prohibited now. You can't disinvite people because of what other people say about the. the I don't like yeah, them. I don't Hurts like, my feelings. I'm a delicate daisy. I need to be protected. No good. No good. Um, that you can't charge security fees based on the content of the speech or who the speaker is. You mm-hmm. can't have different fees for different. Spe- oh well, that's that's Ben Shapiro. He's a hundred grand. We <laughs> we need extra money for. Nope. Not allowed. Because the left really doesn't like him. Oh, they can't stand him. They can't stand him. He's smart. He's quick. That's that's just not good for them, right? Yep. Uh, They cannot establish uh, requirements for permits that prohibit 
spontaneous outdoor assemblies or the distribution of pamphlets, etc. Think back to the creation of this country. Quite literally, it was about distribution of pamphlets for freedom. And you can go to college campuses across this country and they prohibit that. You couldn't have passed out a pamphlet called Common Sense. That's right. That's right. You can't. There are places you John Locke would have been told he can't do that. We were talking about how you couldn't hand out the U.S. Constitution in Texas. Yeah. In Texas. Because Texas is conservative, but the leftist universities, not so much. All right. Hold your thoughts. I'm going to do it. We're going to come back. You're getting the idea. It's a common sense thing that we're talking about here. Freedom of speech is in the First Amendment in the Constitution. Think about that. The First Amendment, and these people have been taking it away. It's got to stop. News. Let's get to it. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Robert uh, Steinbach is here. I almost call him, almost call him Shapiro. Robert okay. uh, Steinbach That's okay. is here He's got a in the studio, show. and we're talking about uh, a bill that I'm going to be watching very closely uh, over at the 92nd General Assembly, and it's one dealing with freedom of speech, one of the most important rights you have as a... Uh, as a person, a person as an American, as an here, a citizen, yeah. uh, the only one that I would say that perhaps comes before that is freedom of religion. Yeah, and in the in the federal constitution, of course, they're found in the same amendment. Yeah, right? they're, they're both tied together fr- yeah, at they're the both hip. The First Amendment, absolutely. That's right. It's 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 freedom of religion. Uh, it's freedom of expression, assembly, uh, assembly, and, and petition. petition. Yeah, which they means, all go together. Yeah, they go together. That's yeah. a thing. And people he's in a pod. That's right. And people often uh, uh, ignore that they're all there. And the and the left likes to ignore the religion part. Religion, religion. What's that? Yeah, <laughs> you can't have religion exactly. and be in the government. Exactly. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Anyway, right. with that with that said, let's go back. Just yeah. name some more right. of these so things that this will list. stop. That's right. Uh, free see- free speech zones out. Baby. I hate them. Out. Hate them. Okay. You know you know what a free speech zone is. It's called America, right? That's a free speech zone. If you're in America, you have free speech. You're in public property, you have free speech. That's right. Right? Out. Supposed to. Exactly. Um, uh, An educational institution shall maintain the generally accessible open outdoor areas of its campus as a public forum. Right there in the bill. About that. Right there in the bill. You know what that goes back to? Greece. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) <laughs> just a few thousand years ago. But the leftists want to erase that history entirely. Um, educational institutions shall not interfere with the responsibility of faculty to engage in open, courageous, and persistent efforts to search out and communicate ideas. Mm-hmm. No gag orders. No, you must say this and you can't say that. None of that. None of, like, like the, the uh, what was it, I think in Canada, do you remember when that professor was told that he or she, I can't remember, used, uh, I guess it's ironic because you'll hear in a moment, used the wrong pronoun. That's right. Right? Used the wrong pronoun. No, that, no, you're, you're going to pronoun police now, pronoun jail. <laughs> That's right. I mean, come on you know, already. All I can do is laugh at that stuff because to be honest, if I don't laugh, I'm going to cry. Right. That's right. To be honest. That's right. You. That's exactly right. That they're going to give, they're going to strip you of your tenure. That's right. 
because right. you called somebody a he, uh, and they don't they 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 were um, you know they 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 are a he, but they identify as a she. Right, right. And, they, and they're going to come down on you. You, you. Someone told me, I don't know if this is true, that you're not allowed to refer to Bruce Jenner as Bruce Jenner. Well, the guy that won the Olympics was Bruce Jenner. Right. Now, what's what's what's, I don't what's know. the current name? I have no, I don't. What's, Russ, I, oh, Russ is not here. I don't pay, I I don't pay no, no, attention I, I to that it, stuff. I, it's like Caitlin or something? No, I don't know. And yeah, Caitlin's his daughter. It was the daughter anyway, whatever. But Bruce Jenner was the person who won the Olympics. Yes. That name applies in that context. But it's it's this constant... But listen, if he wants to be called... I, I just forgot the name. Whatever it is now, fine. We'll call him that name now. But the fact that if you re- reference the other name, oh my God! you you. I think it's like you dead-named him. What? Ease up! You dead-named yeah, him? Yeah. That's you what did, they call that it? You dead-named him. <laughs> Ease up, thought police. Ease up, Word police, ease up, grammar police. Okay, I'm just I'm just speaking like a normal human being. I, I think I told you, Dave, once back a, year, a thousand years ago when I was in college, and I I was referring uh, to. It Di- is Caitlin. It is Caitlin. There you go. Caitlin Marie Jenner is what he calls himself. Okay, um, and and so uh, I, I was referring. There you go. Uh, Dave showed me a picture. Um, and I referred, uh, instead of saying the word Asian, I said Oriental, which, you know, used to be a term that yes. was used. I didn't know any better. And so my teacher, quite nicely, politely, but not with... with uh, Venom. Venom. That's yeah. the word I was looking for. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that you get today said, well, you know, the, the, the more accepted term now is Asian. Said, okay. And that was the end of it. Today, you go into word jail. Yeah. Word jail. You can't say that. And they they'll 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 just keep beating you with it. That's right. That's right. Oh, they'll they'll put. So what else? What other terms do you use? Yeah, exactly. What else? Do you still use Chinese fire drill? Oh, that's right. Oh no, you know you know we're not allowed to say Chinese wall. Here's the and Chinese wall was a term that was used in law when you wall off an employee who has a conflict. So you don't physically wall them off, but you don't let the employee see certain documents, right? So now we call it an ethical wall. We used to call it a Chinese wall. Well, you can't call it a Chinese wall. That's racist. It's not racist. It's referring to a big wall, and the Chinese wall happens to be a big wall. And maybe after Trump builds his wall, we can call it the trump wall oh, but the chinese funny. wall exists <laughs> you can see the darn thing from space yes you can it's not a figment of our imagination yeah. it exists one of the eight wonders of the world that's right oh no you can't say that wait what mm-hmm. what it's the word police yep. so this bill says to the word police you go to jail not me you go to jail well it ain't going to happen anymore college campus i hope not if this bill passes, it ain't going to happen on campus in Arkansas. That's I'll tell you right. that right in now. In Arkansas. And, sure. and as Dave pointed out before the break, we're taking names, we're counting heads, uh, and we are going to be polling every state rep, every state senator. We want to know your view on Kim Hammer's bill. You're either with us or you're against us. That's exactly That's right. It. That's you're it. You're either going to vote for or against. That's it. And you better have... A doggone good excuse for why you're going to vote against, That's but right. you have no excuse you for voting against. Vote, and you better show up and vote. Yeah, yay. yeah. Don't don't try to do that kind of other stuff. Exactly. Don't don't take a phone call while the vote starts. That's right. 
<laughs> no, no, no. We're, we're, we, the people of Arkansas, are done having the leftists dictate to us how to think, what to say, get in line, act like a sheep. Uh, you know, uh, there was. A, I'm probably going to butcher the line, but I think what what was the movie about that great uh, military guy that. Uh, this, was a sniper or something, a shooter, mm-hmm. right? The guy down in Texas. And um, he, uh, he, there's a flashback in the movie, and the father says something to him to the effect of, there are three kinds of people, Dave. There are wolves. Those are bad people. Those yes, are, right? they are. Don't be a wolf. There are sheep followers. Don't be, they, they get eaten by wolves. That Don't be wolves that eat. That's right. correct. And then there's sheepdogs. They're the ones that protect the sheep and themselves as well. Be a sheepdog, the yeah. father says. This bill says to everybody, be a sheepdog. Yeah. Don't be a sheep. Don't let the wolves who are dictating to you what to think, what to say, how to walk, how to talk, where to live, what to be, how how your political ideology shall be set by the leftist agenda. Don't be that. Think for yourself. Yeah. Think for yourself. Give us a few more and then yes. we'll move on. Yes. Um there's a wonderful list here. There's a lot of them. Yeah, but no, there's a, there's a list of things that I'm going to read some of them that it says if a faculty or, or a student finds what you're saying to be offensive or, or, or unwise or hateful or immoral or indecent or racist or ugly or awful or demeaning or unacceptable, all those bad things, that's not enough to prevent you from thinking it. That's not enough to prevent you from saying it. That's not enough to dictate to you how you think. And folks, that runs both directions. That's right. At the end of it, it says, if, if something you say is conservative, they can't stop it. If something you say is liberal, they can't stop that's it. Exa- and that's the way it's supposed that's to right. be. Well, you know, Dave, uh, Josh Silverstein is a colleague of mine over at the Bowen Law School. He's a, he's a liberal. He's the first. You've had him on yeah, your show. Yeah, he's a good he, guy. He's a good guy. He's the first one that will tell you he's a liberal. He's read through this bill and he says, "Aces, baby, this is the way it should be." And what's the point here? The point is, this is not a liberal bill. This is not a conservative bill. This is a First Amendment free speech bill, Absolutely. and all Americans and all Arkansans should be for it. And those who aren't are, are are part of what is wrong with America today. It's leftists telling us what to think. Well, people ask me, uh, they, well, what about the guy who says something like, I don't believe in God? Okay. Okay. That's Go your ahead. prerogative. That's right. I wouldn't want to be in your shoes when you die and you face him. Right. But but that's I welcome that comment. Yeah. Not because I agree with it, because I want people to be able to say things. You know who's a who's a big atheist? Ronald Reagan's son. Oh yeah. Ron Jr. Ron Jr. And he goes on television, he does a commercial. It's a great commercial, not because I agree with it, but it's hilarious. He's got a good sense of humor. And at the end of the commercial he says something like, And uh, I'm not gonna go to hell because I don't believe in it. Yeah. And it's it's comical. The point is that he's entitled to say that and mm-hmm. and you know who would have been the first to th- say that his father yeah absolutely father. ronald was very much exactly. into freedom of speech all exactly. right get a break in final break for this hour and then we'll wrap up and tell you a little bit more about this bill i need you to call your state rep or state senator first of all you got to find out who it is then call them and tell them to support sb what's the number again 118 118 SB 118.
19. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Robert Steinbach, my guest here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, back with you. And uh, I was just talking with Robert, and I said, you know what this piece of legislation does? It takes us back 200-plus years and shows what this country was founded on. Exactly. That we got to remind people about that. Is, is it's a little a, scary. A, 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 b- unbelievable to me, but we're going to remind everybody about it. Didn't I don't have to remind this guy. I've been to his house. <laughs> I've sat down. I've had some really great discussions at his house. Ford is with us. Ford, how you doing, brother? I'm happy. How are you doing? I'm I'm happy too. I'm really happy with this piece of legislation. Well, I got a question for Rob here on this legislation. Two questions. Okay. Actually. First is what are the teeth in that? Because passing a law without yeah. teeth is just show business. So is there real teeth? And before you go to that, yeah. the second part of the question is, uh, I'm, I'm emeritus, I'm not up on campus anymore, but will this give professors the uh, the, the right, the ability, the, the prerogative of actually using the N-word without saying, quote, N-word? Well, you know, you raise two interesting issues. So let's take the first one. What's the teeth? The teeth are penalties similar to what are currently found in the Arkansas Freedom of Information Act. And that is criminal penalties. Because we're tired of these laws that have no penalty provisions. Remember, the the university system went into court and said, you can't sue the university in court. And the Supreme Court said, you're right. So the university system went into court to make sure you can't sue the university as an entity in court for damages, for money, and they won. They're representing you. These leftists are representing you, and that's what these leftists in universities across the country are doing. And in this case, university went into court and said, you can't sue in court for money, and the court said, you're right. So what do we do? We go back to the standard found in the Freedom of Information Act. If any individual violates these rules, that's a criminal penalty. Also, you can sue for an injunction, you can sue for attorney's fees, you can sue for costs. But first and foremost, criminal penalties, folks. That's real teeth. Yeah. And then, you know, Ford brings up another interesting point. Um, I think that the, 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 the second point is... You know, we talk sometimes in class about the history of the N-word. A colleague of mine talked about the N-word used by jurors in a discriminatory fashion, perhaps obviously so, meaning it's almost invariably so. And he said, he described a case in which the court said, well, there was no problem when a jury used that word, but but the court wouldn't even write out the word. Well, that's a little disingenuous by the court when they won't write out the word, but they say there's no problem in using the word. And so the point is that we that he and then at some point he used the word in descriptive fashion, to be clear, not Mm -hmm. to go to attack someone. Right. And they came down on him like a ton of bricks, like a ton of bricks. Uh, Rob, in particular, here's something that just bugs me to the core is the uh, uh, Huckleberry Finn now is. Yeah. uh, Printed it was changing the words. They change the words. So it's and and that's part of the, the literature, and it's part of Americana, and they don't even use the word; they change the author's word. That bothers me. 
Well, but this is, you see, the left is about changing history. Remember what the communists did uh, with, with they decide someone was out of favor and then they erase them from pictures that they put in the history books. They just they put a plant. They put a shadow. They cover them up. That's what the left does. They erase history. That's what happened to Tolstoy. Yeah, that's right. They he disappeared. Him. Disappeared. All of a sudden, he's out of the pictures. He's out of the history. He's out of everything. They want well, to take, I don't want yeah. you or your audience to get me wrong. I think it's in bad taste. It's not proper uh, of etiquette to use the word in, any, in, in 99.9% of the time. But it still should be your right use it well and it, there's there's an even uh, more important point i think ford which is it's a totally offensive word but what happens if we want to have a discussion about that totally offensive word and i say well that's the n-word and somebody says well what what word are you referring to i don't know what word you're referring to is someone allowed to explain that right that's that's what's so silly about this we're not talking about calling someone that awful awful word it's an awful word we're talking about repeating the word in an educational setting, reading a book that uses that word, and then say, what do you think about the fact that in that book that word was used? That's what we're talking about. But now you can't even read that book with that word in it. Yeah. Because it's revisionist yeah. history. And, right? pe- and you know what's wrong with that word is because most students don't understand that the history is being revised. Exactly. That's the so, thing. They don't so, even so understand. Will this, so just to go out and yes, here, will this law allow me to sue the librarian who chooses not to put the text in in its original form but buys one of these revised texts? Mm, not Prob- sure. Probably not. Yeah, it, yeah. It, you yeah. would have to go after the university who probably, and i got to let you go for it, who probably told the librarian, if you're going to put that book on back on the shelves, because we told you to take it off, you have to put this particular book in its place. So, you know, that's going to be... Now, if she's the one, or he, is the one who makes that decision, then they open themselves up to litigation, I would think. Yeah, yeah, All I right. think that's right. I mean, there's some things to think about there. That's but right. again, this is... SB 118 118 call call your legislator and tell them to do it today ba- to back do it today yeah do it today back this piece of legislation put it on Facebook put it on all your social media Kim Hammer senator great senator from the state of Arkansas state senator of course proposed SB 118 and this is going to change how Arkansans are able to speak on campus and be educated and be educated. This affects everyone who has kids. This affects the ability of your kids to hear conservative views on campus, which are currently suppressed and shunned and pushed aside. And people like uh, Ashlyn Hogart are told, oh, this is private property on a public campus. Wait, yeah. what? Won't be saying Wait, that. What? Won't be saying that. That's got to stop. It's got to stop. We got to get your rights back, and that's what this is about. All right, I've been I've been waiting for this, and and Robert knows it because I've talked to him about it off the air, and I've been waiting for this for two years. That's right. You've been you. This wouldn't have happened without Dave Ellswick. He's the one that orchestrated this. Yeah, I've been at this for two years, so I'm I'm really excited about it. All right, I'll be at the Capitol tomorrow. 
J.R. Davis is going to be there. We'll talk to him. We're also going to try to get the governor to come down and talk for a little bit. We're going to have the guy that did the app uh, that deals with uh, all the laws that are being proposed and uh, what they say. We'll talk about that. I'm also going to try to get Doyle Webb to come by as well. And Elizabeth will be with me as well. Until then, have a great evening. Robert, thank you for coming by. Thank you. God bless. And uh, giving us a a really good uh, look at that piece of legislation. I'll be back with you tomorrow, 2 o'clock. Russ, thank you. Great job today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.